but e-buggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this rubbing Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Lefty the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together (laughs) to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro's the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. But this podcast, it's all about on-road and especially 112 scale. Uh, welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Left of the Great, and welcome to episode number 268 of the No Name RC podcast. Uh, joining me this week is uh, Hefty, or Fat Jesus, and uh, The Mangler. I'll talk more about that real quick. Uh in a minute, but first I have to say some thank you to everybody. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody out there, the NNRC squad around the world. Without this, this is not possible. Thank you guys for the support. I greatly appreciate it. We cannot do this without you. Also, big shout out to our patrons of the NNRC uh, and the YouTube members as well. If you wish to support the podcast in a financial way, you can via Patreon or YouTube member. Every little bit helps. You get such things as uh, early releases, uh, all the patrons and YouTube members were entered into the Christmas draw, Christmas gift the other day. They actually won uh, a few of them, won quite a few st- uh, prizes as well. And I do do random giveaways in the Patreon, which I'm going to do more of. And also, like, you can also find everything there because I post a lot in there as well. So thank you to all those guys out there, uh, or racers, sorry, that support me and have supported me for a long time. I hope you guys continue. I hope you see that grow in 2024. And I greatly appreciate it. Also, shout out to all the awesome companies that support the podcast. As of now, all of these companies are still on board. They are InvisibleSpeed.net, HiTech RC, Corsatech USA. Corsatech USA is now, was some Padal USA. It's now Corsatech USA. Thank you, Hefty. Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, uh, Donovan RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Racecraft USA. Shout out to the Florida RC Championships as well as WRCE, the Elite RC Productions, House of RC, uh, RCGP. Shout out to our drivers, David Ronafog, Robert Batty, Alexander Hagberg, and Maddie G. Uh, I, well, g doesn't race anymore, so he can't be one of our drivers. So I'm fortunate for that. But uh, yes, well, look, we're going to add some drivers this year. I don't know who we're going to add. So we're going to add some drivers to be honorary NNRC drivers and get signed a contract for one million unicorn dollars. All right, everybody, it's 2024. This is the second podcast, should be the second podcast of 2024. I'm actually recording this the Tuesday before I get on the road to go to Beast of the East uh, uh, morning as well. And there will be a podcast with Max coming up, which will be episode 267 that will come out with RC News and all this stuff. But uh, I, I sat down just after Christmas with these guys. 
I will give you a disclaimer and warning now. This podcast is not PG, it's not PC, and it's not censored. So this, I, I joined up uh, with Hefty and The Mangler. So if you guys have seen the podcast before, you know Hefty's been on a few times. <clears throat> he is the Automatics USA guy, Sampadal USA, all those guys, big on-road racer. And he has a podcast called Track Rats. Now, Track Rats is him and his buddy, The Mangler, right? And these guys don't give a flying boop about anything. They say what's on their mind. They don't have sponsors. They just want to talk about RC. If you're into on-road, you kind of watch this and, and whatnot. And you know what? They are the same exact way at the track. In fact, these were the guys when I was doing a live walkabout at the 12 Scale Awards. They let numerous F-bombs go when we went in and was interviewing them. But that's fine. So they come on this podcast. It was a blast. I got to know a little bit more about the Mangler and Hefty. It was uh, These guys are fun. We, we geeked out on 12 Scale. Uh, we're going to have, probably have them on some more. Uh, definitely have them on after the Snowbirds to do a recap. And uh, it was just fun. But I do warn you, if you've got little kids... You don't want them to hear some foul language, then probably should not listen to this because they, like I said, they don't care. They make jokes. They're uncensored. They ain't PC and they, they aren't PG. But I do want to thank them for coming on and spending some time. I really, I really had a good time recording with them, uh, delving into the world of Onward. Also, Hefty uh, also introduced me to a lot of people at the 12 scale worlds and it was good to get a part of that world. As you guys know, I became a fan of Onward. Hopefully I get to some more Onward events uh, this year, we'll see how that goes. And uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, I'm probably on my way to SIC or I am at SIC. I am going to try and do some live shows from SIC, maybe also from Beast of the East. If I, if, if I haven't done it already, we shall see. Uh, so like I said, just pre-recording this so you guys have some content. And I also pre-recorded this. This happened just after Christmas before any silly season news. It's just a two-hour interview chat with these guys about onward i hope you guys enjoy it i enjoyed it and thank you i kind of didn't want to put any sponsors or anything in this because you know these guys got pretty wild but you know this is brought to you by techno rc of course beach rc race tech engines and everybody else out there that supports us we greatly appreciate it uh high tech rc and um yeah let's go on because you know our, our main sponsor is Invisible speed and they do have something going on so let's do that and uh, we'll talk about Invisible Speed. And yeah, if you guys want to, there's affiliate links in the uh, known, in the in the written description below for all of these comp. Well, for Invisible Speed, but there's coupon codes, and for some of these companies, I know Donald and RC save ten percent. Uh, if you don't, I should have said this in my sponsor thing, but I messed up. But if you don't, uh. You know, just say, hey, I heard about this on the No Name RC podcast from Lefty. I greatly appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. But right now, this interview is brought to you by Invisible Speed. Stop scrolling, you nerd. Learn something new with Invisible Speed. Are you the driver of this car? Yes, sir. Why? You just uh, won a free alignment. I had my car touched by JQ, and now I don't feel safe. I can't say that he didn't, did improve his time yeah. 10 seconds and so his I best lap. Last question, would you recommend the Invisible Speed course? Yeah, for sure. Spend your money. Good spend. If you want to learn more and make your speed visible, 
Stop scrolling. So joining me this week is, if you guys don't know who they are, they are the track rats. We have Fat Jesus, Hefty Jesus. I don't know what to call you anymore. Drinking his very strong, dark stout of a beer, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then to my very far retro left, right? I don't know what to call you either. I know you're a real name now. It took me a few days to realize that was your name. I was like, who's, who's this guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's I'm a reason just why the I go by the Mangler. So, As the Mangler. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, a little easier, a little bit more anonymous for the internet. Um, <laughs> when, you have, when you have a name which you Google, which you can Google, and the only person shows up in the world is you, you kind of want to keep a low-profile internet when you have, you know, jobs that rely upon secrecy and not being uh, uh, at least out there and searchable. So you have a job? Yes, I have a job. I'm shocked at that. Yes. Oh. So I'm the fastest RC racer with a job. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Neil Craig has a job. Neil That's Craig has a real job and is a world champion. Um, but. Welcome. That's an old inside joke that Mm -hmm. uh, there was an RC racer in the old on-road world, and his claim to he claimed to fame after one weekend of doing very well. He's like, "I'm the fastest guy with a real job," and so anyway, it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) hefty won't hefty won't touch that subject because he's kind of like fucking Beetlejuice or Rumpelstiltskin. If you say his name, he'll fucking jump out of the woodwork and start talking shit about you. So that's why we don't really mention his name. We just (laughs) keep it like that. Anyway. Sorry, I digress. All right, I'm going to put a disclaimer up. There is going to be a lot of cursing and on this podcast. You know why? More you know what we're used to. Huh? Cursing signifies intelligence. I like it. Studies have proven year and year, people who cuss and use foul language have a higher intelligence. And I do. So, I mean, there is just no denying it. So, I mean, fucking A, let's go. The, the, the great intro, great intro. Um. Anyway. Let's get let's get back to to, to fuck the mangler. Jesus. <laughs> hey, I'm bringing oh fire. My goodness. Keep up. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but welcome. These are the track rats, uh, Hefty and Mangler. Uh, I met you, Mangler, at finally at the Twelve Scale Worlds. Yes. Uh, Hefty, I've met you before, but I met you in your element at the Twelve Scale Worlds recently, a couple weeks ago. Here, that was held at Beachline RC Raceway. Uh, it was the 2023 IFMA 12-Scale Worlds. I listened to you guys' podcast. Go check it out, Track Rats, on YouTube and Facebook. RC it was very good. I enjoyed your podcast, by the way. I listened to it one morning. Thank you. Well, and uh, it was it was a good podcast. I agreed with a lot of the things you guys were saying about the race and whatnot, except the carbon, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, um, yeah, I know you hate the carbon, but I love it. I love the carbon. <laughs> I love it. It makes it look so great. And um, I want to thank you guys for coming on and joining us. It's not Christmas yet. Look, Mangler's going already. Where is he going? Yeah. I thought he was going to moon us. That would have been great. <laughs> I got to get a non-squeaky chair. There we go. Non-squeaky chair. Yeah, because the other chair squeaks and it sounds like shit on your podcast. And I don't. I mean, we ruin ours enough just by us talking. I don't want to ruin yours by a squeaky chair. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But uh, thank you guys for joining me. Um, so I showed up there uh, on the Tuesday. No, we showed up there Monday because we came right from a race. I went straight down there. And I get I got to see you, Hefty, in your pure element. Like, this is you. I met you at, we came, you came to DNC. You was a little bit like, you know, you just walking around. It was, you was a bit amazing. I don't know if you was like, this is insane or whatever, but that's off-road racing. But as soon as I get to see you at Beachline, 
you're like, introduce me to all the awesome Addis guys, which I appreciated, which I, I thought was great. And then you start immediately heckling all the X-ray guys. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's true. I, I don't think I would do such things like that. Yeah. I'm going to be like, the, I want to say the exact word was like, hey, this is war. I said, oh, mental, you're, mind, you're playing mind games already. He, I mean, oh, you oh. literally heckling the, uh, the X-ray war. guys. Yeah, it's war. It, well, it was a world, so it was war. Yeah. It was yeah. war. Sadly, the Schumacher guy, you know, is the one who won, but, you know. I know. They were the quiet ones over there in the corner. Yeah, you know. They they knew to not be, you know, over by the riffraff on our side of the track, you know. Well, Which is funny the, because that's, that's where they were for their off-road race over in that corner. Yeah, that, well. whoever's the primary sponsor of the event gets that uh, area. And mm. um, so they were... For the off-road race, Schumacher was the big sponsor. For this race, it was Automatics. Okay, but you got you got that you got prime real estate too. You was pretty yeah. decent where you guys were, except that you know who you had to sit on a stool for the entire week. I was fine with that. All right, that was horrible. That was the worst thing ever. That's why I have my <laughs> own chair there because I refuse to sit on one of those stools, especially for a week. I mean, I mean, I can imagine built for fucking stools. Let's Neither am I. Neither am yeah. I. And, you know, most chairs have a, like a capacity of maybe four to five months before they're broken and destroyed. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's it's really a, an issue that, you know, look, you know, I'm a bigger gentleman. And uh, so, yeah, the chairs, stools. Yeah. We need to be robust and uh, willing to accept the challenge, and most are not. Accept the challenge. I know how you feel. I, I have a big, hefty chair myself that we travel around with. It's built for like hev- hefty guys like myself. Yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, like five minutes at the track, have this heckling X-ray. I'm like, what have I got myself involved in? Her. This is like RC nerds going wild. But it was fun. Um, you know, nerds going wild. Were we taking off clothes and <laughs> standing on tables? I don't know. I just know that I was shocked that hefty. I was like, I didn't know you was this crazy. Like, and then well, the the thing, I, I think the thing is, um, Lefty, is that uh, we are not quite as reserved as most people think we are. I mean, yes, we are like the Formula One of RC racing, but um, we're not reserved like the off-road guys. And off-road guys, they have like like they actually have money on the line and like, like, they, like it means things to them where like, you know, Oh, we got to keep our team or whatever. And this and that, and it's a little bit more staunchy than uh, the on-road crowd. The on-road crowd, we're just there to have a good time. And uh, I think that's what we're down to. Letting F-bombs go right on the live. As we walk around doing our pit live. I was like, yeah, I mean, I was like, what am I supposed to do now? It was like one F-bomb, two F-bombs, three F-bombs. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I was just like, well, well. you should have joined in, bro. I mean, <laughs> I said, we ain't pit walking over there no more. No, yeah. more. <laughs> you no, know, but I loved it. Whenever I have to give up driving because my driving, you know, like whenever the mangler starts beating me on the regular, which hasn't happened yet, but whenever that happens, I'll give up driving. And then I'll, I'll probably try to get into the sort of, you know, either race announce or, or, you know, media side of the, the house too. And it's going to be bad, you know, but it'll be, it'll be great. It'll be entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I want to start, obviously Hefty, you've been on the podcast before Mangler. You've been around for a long time. Like my buddy Gene knew you and he was living in these, he grew up in Indiana 
Minneapolis, I guess. And he was like, I think that guy used to come into my hobby shop back in the day. So you've been around for quite a long t- time. Tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm, uh, I'm, how old are you when you're in the fifth grade? Well, I'm 45. Yeah, no, but no, when no, you're no. in the fifth grade. I don't do all that stuff. I grew up in a British system. I don't even know yeah, what fifth grade probably is. Probably like six plus five, let's say 10, 11. Okay. All right. So I've been probably doing this for around 37 years. Oh, wow. And so, okay. yeah, I, uh, I started in the fifth grade. Um, like like most people, I had a little, little – I, I wanted an RC car. And my dad's like, well, you know you have ones that are really nice and that you can put together. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And so we went to this hobby shop, and I got a Hornet. That's my Hornet. And then when we were at the hobby shop, they're like, you know you can race these things over here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is all in Indianapolis. And I'm like, we're like, okay. So we chucked it out. And uh, kind of from there, I mean, really from the fifth grade, it's been the most serious hobby I've had or uh, other than you know playing football collegiately and doing that, this has probably been the most serious thing that I've done or long-lasting thing that I've done mm-hmm. is racing RC cars. And, you know, there were some years that were down or this and that. But, you know, for the most part, yeah, I've been around for 30-some years racing RC cars, mo- mostly oval until about, I don't know, probably around 2010, 11, 12. Probably around 2012 is when I kind of started getting into the on-road scene um, and doing more on-road. Um, I had won a lot of things in oval, um, a lot of races, and had a lot of success. And um, it just wasn't, like, I just wanted something different and something new. And so around that time, I kind of switched over to on-road. I suck way worse at on-road than I did oval. Uh, but, you know, hey, I'm having fun. And uh, that's about it. But, yeah. So just to, to clarify, you were better at oval, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I won more. I know that. What, what, what sort of accolades, for folks who don't know, have you had within oval racing? Uh, I've run – Won Roar National Champions, TQ Roar Races, uh, Snowbirds National Champion, Tour National Champion, BRL National Champion. Um, there was a good string between like 2008 to 2011. I won a lot. I won like about everything, and mm-hmm. at least at some point. And 2010 was probably my best year. I think I won every major oval race there was that year. So, um, but yeah, it, it, oval racing is fun, and it presents its own different set of challenges. Um, but on road, I like you know just just as much, and it has its own set of challenges, and, and that's what I get out of RC racing. I get the self challenge. I mean, I don't necessarily do it to you know. Yes, I want to beat Hefty, and you know, but you know that's not really saying a lot in the grand in the end of the day. So, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> but yeah, I I, I I like the challenge that RC brings me personally because if it wasn't this, it would be like golf or something where that you know you can go out to the golf course and you can sit there and hit a mate shitty shot after shitty shot after shitty shot and then you hit one great one and then like all right now you're all back in now you're now you're all about golf again and the rc races like that you have a bad weekend or a bad weekend and a bad weekend and then you have one good weekend where you win everything you're like okay now i'm back you know and it's like i can conquer the world again but um that's what i like most about the hobby sport um i've done basically everything there is to do in the hobby sport i've worked in the industry um i've uh, raced i've sponsored i've traveled uh the worlds for me this year was like my last bucket list item to do. Um, and that was to race in a world championship. And that was your first worlds ever. First worlds ever. Okay. Uh, they don't really have worlds for oval considering no. it's a bunch of rednecks doing redneck shit. So, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. So, you know, yeah, but yeah, it was my first worlds and you know, I had a lot of fun. 
So I have a question about oval. Was you doing like the outdoor banked oval stuff or carpet oval? Let me talk I did about it all. This. If, we okay. ran, if you ran in a left hand turn, I did it. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh, I've done dirt oval, I've done carpet oval, I've done the old like the velodrome style ovals mm-hmm. uh, that you saw back in the day with the Reedy Rays. I did all that. Um, my first A main at ever big event was at the Indianapolis Velodrome, um, probably ninety three, four, whatever, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was only 10 cars and it was like seven. It was like what we call 27 turn stock back then. And, you know, to, you know, the field was like 60, 70 people deep just on that side. And, uh, on the stock side that was, and yeah, I made my first major race, a main at a velodrome, which is really not a lot of driving skill, but mostly just like this, right? Oh, it is that. I mean, the track is 1100 feet in one lap is 1100 feet. So That's we were crazy. doing like in four minutes, we we're doing like 18, 18 laps. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but, did you go up to that track up in North Carolina called King that used yep. to? Yeah, I heard a lot about that and Wiffle Bowl or something like that. Another over track. Yeah. yeah. So I've been to almost okay. everywhere. So like in 92, that was my first national for Roar. And so 92 paved Nats um, was at King, North Carolina. And I ran there. I finished, I think, in the M or in Maine. And six cell stock, <laughs> and it, and like it went to like doubles. Like that's the only race I remember that went to doubles, like and M, so, like AA mains and all that type of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah. They went to the alphabet. They went to doubles. That's um, crazy. The, that was that was the race that I saw. It was really it was it was pretty impressive that Joel Johnson, uh, Kent Clausen, and Chris Dosek were running twelve scale mod oval, and like those guys were running like this. And this is when they were running five minutes. So they ran like this for about four minutes. And then it was Dosik and Johnson. And about 30 seconds to go, Dosik pulls it and almost laps the entire field in the last 30 seconds. What? Let's talk about some cheater-ass batteries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still, my God. It was impressive. And, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've ran at whip. So uh, Mike Boylan, who runs the Snowbirds now, used to have a paved track here in the Tampa area. And so in the morning, we ran at Whipple World. And that afternoon, we went over to Tampa and ran at Mike Boylan's bank track when he had a bank track here in the Tampa area. So, uh, yeah, I about the only track that I haven't raced on, or two major tracks that I haven't raced on, would be Dominguez Hills, the Velodrome out there, and then uh, K&N. I never made it to K&N. Okay. And I've actually raced at K&N. In Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So how did you meet Hattie this guy Hill. right here? How did you meet Hefty? What year was it? We thought it was like 20. We, I think it's 2011 Snowbirds because yeah. I was probably running a top touring car then. Right. Yeah. You were talking about Yeah. And, and I, I have this, we have this big friend who looks like a Sasquatch. Uh, his name's Larry. And um, if you think either of us are savage, Get Larry. Yeah, Larry's. Yeah. And so it, it helps that Larry's like six foot seven. So <laughs> you kind of, when you roll with him, like you you feel like you're bulletproof. And and that's not good. All right. I'm going to say, yeah, it was like uh, 2011. So when we were at Snowbirds, uh, they had the, I was working for BSR Racing Tires at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, so there was the BSR pits, and then on the right on the other side, facing us, we were facing each other, was Larry and FJ and 
uh, I don't know, a couple other people. And like when they first got there, and um, my friend Dusty Kemp, who does a lot of the artwork for Snowbirds and other RC manufacturers, uh, he was sitting next to me and they were like, sorry, we're going to get a little rowdy around here. And he and I were like, they don't know us. <laughs> and like, we can get just as rowdy and play in the dirt yeah. too. And so it was kind of just like a, Oh, you're cool. You're cool. Yeah. And, and so when we met him, he had mutton chops that were like down to here. So it's basically like, take my beard, cut this part off. And that was the, how his hair was, but it was like huge. It was, yeah. <laughs> they were real thick and long, and like you could yeah. twist them on the bottom when they got. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I. Uh, the, at the time, my ex-wife hated it, so that's probably why I had them. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was one of those things. I walked through a store, and everybody's like, "Dude, those are awesome!" Like yeah. all of, every day, it was like, "Dude, those are so awesome!" I wish I could grow chops like that. And then oh I had a good job, and now I don't have. So. <laughs> you know, in your in your track rats picture of one of them that you have I, I was like you're standing on the bermuda flag there and i was oh, like yeah. well who from bermuda's doing any snowbirds i don't think anybody yeah, they, they just hang all the flags that's okay i guarantee you that the guy boiling and those people they don't even know what those flags are well boiling no, does because i didn't know that boiling was the weather dude from mike's oh, weather that i watched yeah, he's, Chase the drunk, he's the drunk donkey <laughs> yeah he's the drunk donkey Oh, good lord yeah, that's what a local like news person like nick yeah, have you heard about the drunk donkey story I mean, is it is it does he want the story out on the air? It's it's I mean, out on it was on the TV. It doesn't matter if it's yeah, on so, the so air. So here's the story. So there's a hurricane and it's coming mm -hmm. toward like Georgia or South Carolina or somewhere like that. And um at this time, Mike is starting to get some cred in the weather world of people who like to chase hurricanes or follow hurricanes or do whatever, right? With hurricanes. And he's starting to get some cred. And like he's got like out. Oh, maybe three quarters of a million subscribers at the time or something like that. Maybe he's at a million. I don't know. Anyway, but he's got a good following on Facebook and he's telling people what he thinks. And, you know, he, and he tells everybody, I'm not a meteorologist. I'm just a guy who likes weather and like figuring out these maps and showing you what this means and how this all works. And he kind of explains it for, you know, the normal people, like people who live in Florida. And uh, so anyway, he, he got some of a following. So the weather person in whatever state this was is like, if you need accurate weather information, you need to tune into us and not some drunk donkey on the oh internet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, referring to Mike. And so, immediately, the opportunist that Mike Boylan is, and God bless him, I mean, great idea. Uh, his fan base went after this meteorologist. <laughs> and uh, allegedly, from what I understand, uh, because they had such a backlash from calling him a drunk donkey live on the, on the air, that person got fired. Mike really? Boyle then proceeded to call my friend Dusty Kemp, who we just talked about. He made the logo for the T-shirt, and then Mike sold like a shit ton of T-shirts on the internet about drunk donkey. I think I have a, he gave me a coaster. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, he built that. You know, like in a minute, like literally within two minutes, Dusty Kemp's writing the logo, sending it to him, and then he, you know, marketed brilliant. it. Brilliant, drunk donkey. Brilliant. I'm like, brilliant. yeah, exactly, brilliant. I wish it could happen to me, and so. Uh -huh. Um, I see Boylan every so often because uh, he lives right near where I work. And uh, like we see each other at the car wash and shit. And so anyway, but yeah, great guy. And uh, yeah, he's uh, like the weather pro now. Like, yeah, I follow him to find out about what things are going on. Gene, is it Gene Saracourt? <laughs> no, that's the referee from football. Who's the guy that shows up? Like if there's a big weather thing. 
No idea. From the weather channel. I don't have weather things by me. It just oh. rains. <laughs> anyway, the guy that shows up to your, like when there's a hurricane, he's the guy from the weather channel that's always out there reporting. Like they're mm-hmm. best friends. Like, okay. Yeah. Like he's not, he's now getting recognition in the meteorological community because A, they probably don't want to get fired for making fun of him, but B, uh, <laughs> but B, he kind of knows his stuff and that, you know, his content and stuff it brings a, you know, a large audience. And so, uh, he's been working with a lot of great people and doing good stuff. And then he does puts on this little race for us all assholes uh, to come to every year in Florida and uh, hang out for a week. Which is the Snowbirds, which is coming yes. up very soon in a month very or so. Soon. Very yep. soon. Very soon. All right. Well, that was awesome. Now we can finish this podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. No, but um, <laughs> you said you want to keep it short, huh? Fuck off. No, no, it's fine because I love it. I, I didn't. I never knew that. So it's. I'm sure people are gonna love that too, and they'll be cracking up at the first twenty minutes of this race and we, at, at, at this podcast. So that's gonna be awesome. Um. All right. Let's get. Let's talk about this World Championships. First World Championships since 2020 when they had it over in the UK. Hefty, you bet. Was you you attended that race? I believe I did. Yeah. So that that race was um, in Milton Keynes, mm-hmm. which is a northern sort of suburb of of London, and so it's most famously known for having. Uh, that's where the Red Bull uh, mm-hmm. F1 team is out of, and it was held in a large mall. Yeah. And the mall in the UK was interesting, where they don't have heating or cooling in the mall, so like. <laughs> There's kind of like pigeons flying around through it. And so however warm it was, was how warm it was. Um, and at the event, they had a large tent and, you know, all the racers were in the tent about, you know, there was about 120 racers for this event. And um, it was, you know, roughly 60 or six heats of mod, six heats of stock. Uh, and I believe this was the second time that, or in the UK, it was the second time that stock was run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the prior time uh, stock was run was in South Africa. And um, one of our friends, stock or, spec? or spec, whatever it is. Um, one of our friends, EJ Evans had won uh, that race at that event. Um, EJ was good friends with the guy, Antonio, who put on the event in South Africa. Um, EJ is the, uh, um, he was the North American distributor for top racing. That's how I got to meet EJ. Uh, and he's uh, still the partner uh, behind uh, Solaris racing tires okay. uh, He's in Northern California. So, and now he's an automatic driver, but um, at the time he might've been running like X-ray or something like that. So I, I don't know. I think I said something like if you run automatics, I'll go to that race. And he didn't, so I didn't go. Okay. Now, the South Africa race, was that the one that was indoor? It was indoor, and I I assume carpet, and then they had a corn car at the same event, and that was indoor asphalt. Okay, okay. I believe that's where Hagberg won one of his world championships, I want to say. Okay. All right. Yeah, so that was 2018. I think that's when Hagberg won his 12-scale world championship. Okay. But I watched the uh, so where they where they're having where they had that race in Milton Keynes. They also have a off road race, which is coming up um, <clears throat> in I think in March maybe or or February too in the same place. Awesome idea! Yeah, I watched it. There was people lined up watching it. <clears throat> I thought that's a good way to get RC out in front of people. Yeah, it's very interesting, and mm-hmm. it's so it's so accessible to the people. 
I have a really weird story. So I just started dating a woman who had been living previously in the UK and working in the UK. And one of her friends uh, or acquaintances, whatever we want to say, lived in the area. She came to the race somehow out of 120, 30, 40 dudes found me and, and introduced herself. It was very weird, but you know, it's just one of those sorts of things. Like, uh, you know, that's how accessible it was. Okay. Um, and if you fast forward to, you know, three years later now, we're in Florida in a big metal building next to like a cement factory down the street. So slightly less accessible, unfortunately. Yes, I would agree. Well, you know, I mean, as, as yeah, accessible, just people don't know it's there. I've always contended that porn and uh, RC racing are kind of share the same accommodations, that they're both secluded in a dark area that no one really knows it's there, but it's the people who know, know. And that's where you go to get what you need to get. And so, yeah, I, it, it sucks. I wish that we had more races that were in a public eye or in more view, you know, you know, get all these and everybody into the porn, but of RC. And, uh, but yeah, it just doesn't quite happen like that. It's always just some weird random place in the middle of nowhere. Nards and, in a field. Pretty much. Nards yeah. in a field. I, from what I hear, it might be nerds in a field in Shanghai in two years. So okay. we'll see. that'd be interesting. So um, is it really a field or is it going to be like a rice patty? Oh, wow. Well, no, I mean, that's what they, they don't have fields there. They have rice fields. I think they have fields, bro. I think oh. they have fields. They play yeah. football and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. I, I got to apologize for him. I, I don't I know. Don't know. I mean, like, if you guys watch track rats, you'll know this is just him. This is just him. This is just him. It's, it's not, you know, look, we're not, we don't offend. We are very open. We're very, uh, um, <laughs> we're just frank, you know, about that. And I'm not, I'm not the guy. We're just, we're just, you know, here, this is what it is, and you know, like you're the mangler, yes, who love us. I mean, we're here, and uh, uh, you, you know, you have the choice to turn off, and so yeah, and I'm not saying that. do that now because you know, hefty needs the money. I mean, that's all. Oh, there wow, is that's not right. Let's so, used up. So, going back to going back to 2020, and you know, that was uh, my second worlds, but the first mm-hmm. ever full scale worlds that I went to. Um, it you know, it was interesting. Uh, basically, and sadly, nothing changed, but I knew what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. When we were at the event. I felt like in 2020, we were constantly just rushed, pumping and jumping, just doing whatever you could to get your car ready for the next round. And uh, that year we had 12 heats. This year we had nine heats. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it was like almost worse than then. Um, it's just that I felt slightly more prepared because I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the other thing was based upon the fact that we were released on the same carpet that I've been racing on for the last few years, although it's changed, you know, every track you go to, there's a different version or there's more grip or less grip, whatever it is. I, you know, in general, I, I thought I knew what I would basically be doing with the car. Um, and we we had such a big team of people there. In 2023, with the automatics car, it, it was—I'm not going to say it was easy, but it—it it, it was a lot less difficult than it was uh, when I went in 2020, and I was running a Roche car then, um, and that was actually the race where the automatics car debuted, 
And some of my roast drivers ran the Osmax car instead. Okay. Um, but uh, so, you know, if you think about it, the cars come a long way from, you know, being a car with, you know, random parts that never made the light of production um, to now something that three years later had double TQs. And if it wasn't for maybe some bad luck, uh, could have had two world championships, but at least got one world championship. Yeah, so. which was which was good. I, I speaking of Max, it was like him and I kind of hit it off right off the bat, you know. And he was a great dude, lots of emotion. I liked him. I enjoyed my conversations with him, and our congratulations to him. But I, um, I was, you know, for me, this was my first ever exposure to anything really on a competitive level of on road, um, especially twelve scale. Seen it. Uh, you know, read about it in magazine, seen it on video, but to actually be there and and witness it was amazing. Um, I I I think the one thing I will say this that's the, I was watching this back class, which was fast, and they were able to come off that straightaway and go around that corner, and you they were pr- pretty fast. You didn't hear them put on the brakes or nothing, but man, mm-hmm. them mod cars came flying on that straightaway, and they hit that corner. You could hear them like just reaching for traction and the brakes on, and I'm like. I would have just ran. I would have ran straight into the wall. Like I wouldn't even have turned. I'd have rode my car off the first lap. I know that. That's how fast they were. Um, let's talk about that though. The track and the facility. Uh, I thought the track was pretty huge. I think a lot of guys told me that normal twelve scale was like three quarters of that. That track was about a normal yeah. size twelve scale track. So I, I don't know the rough dimensions. I want to say it was probably like one twenty by sixty feet. Mm-hmm which is much bigger than most tracks. It's you, that's about 20 feet longer and 20 feet wider than most tracks. And in the you know, States, the funny, that is. what's that in the States? That is, I mean, yeah, they have those guys that are on that Essex series and that thing is massive. Okay. But like, I, I remember, you know, running 12 scale way back in the nineties and, you know, often because the cars are so small, we've run them on real small tracks. Okay. And, you know, mind you, in the 90s, they're really damn slow, uh, and now they're super fast. But, um, you know, 12 scales on such a big track is, is kind of an odd thing to be doing. And um, so I, I think for a lot of people, it, it was like, you know, a real um, real change for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, within the 12 scale community, two weeks prior, you had, well, you had three options. You could go to Thanksgiving. That's what I did. You could go to the warm-up race in, in Florida. That's what Mangler did. Or you can go to the U.S. Indoor Champs, which is um, the race, you know, favorite or like known as Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the 43rd running of Cleveland. And, um, you know, so different people decided to go to different events. Uh, and some people, you know, didn't go to either. So, you know, I think it was it was interesting to kind of see the outcomes. Yeah, because at that event, uh, Sam Isaacs won 12 scale. Yeah. And um, he there won 12, uh, one touring car. Second? Hmm? Remember, uh, let me let me go look on uh, on awesomematicsusa.com. Let's go look at the race report. Yeah, uh, there you go. What did you think of the track, Mangler? I thought it was great. Um I know Robbie and his team, I think they did a great job of hosting the event. Um, yes. The place was in the best shape it could be in. 
I, I feel uh, everything was cleaned up. Everything looked nice. The layout was, I thought, was was good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the bigger track didn't really bother me at all. I thought it was fun. Uh, I didn't have an issue with that. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it really. Um, mm-hmm. Cause a lot of I couldn't have filled by out. your face at yeah, the, the race. So yeah, I had, there's like, there's like this one that the mangler that you're talking to now, who's all jovial and, you know, full of insight. Not at the track. At the, at the track, I'm kind of heads down, elbows up, just working. Yes. Right. And so, um, uh, and that's just kind of the way I am. I'm like, I'm going to look, we've talked about, I've already mentioned before. I'm not the fastest guy there. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to work hard and, you know, put the effort in to be fast. So um, anyway, but no, I love I love the track. It was um, uh, I thought the layout was great. I liked the curbs. I didn't have a problem with them. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, being that it's the only carpet track in Florida, uh, you know, it's kind of my local track, which is two hours away. And, you know, we get to race there every couple times a year. But. You know, it's not really a good comparison to what the world's brought and or um, uh, what we normally get to race on. So uh, it still was even different for us locals. Um, but, yeah, it was a good race, and I enjoyed it. I love – I mean, the track, I mean, it was great. No complaints from me. Yeah. Now, he, on the other hand – Does not like the carving. Does not like I love it. How do I no. do that? So there, there's been other tracks that have had this curbs. Mm-hmm. And like I've said things like, hey, you put that stuff down. I'm not sponsoring your race again. Um, yeah, things like that. So um, I didn't know that they were going to have these curves. So uh, that on me. Why don't you like they, them? They had them at the warm up, bro. Like I understand they had them at the warm up. I didn't know ahead of time. Um, Wouldn't that be ahead like, of time since it was two weeks prior to the race? Listen, Mango. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and w- what I don't like about them is generally it causes your car to spin out if you touch them. Okay. I'm yeah, like another type of curbing. Well, I don't know if every type of curbing does it, but these curbs, they're like marketed as like drift curbs. Mm. Um, they come out of, I'm guessing, Japan or, or somewhere in Asia. And I just don't like them. Uh, there's a few tracks that have had them. Uh, my former home track, 360 V2, had them. Uh, I hate them there. And um, uh, one of my favorite tracks in uh, Ohio, which is uh, now um, being run by Wayne Gerber and his son, Travis Gerber, um, they've had it in the past, and I I hate them there too. And they weren't there in 2023 because of how bad they were in 2022. I think some of it too is that uh, 12-scale cars these days don't have any type of differential. Um, Everything's locked, thanks to this asshole. And, um, and so the, there's no give, you get the rear tire on it. It's just gonna, it's just gonna spin you out because there's just no differential to catch you or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it's just a solid rear axle. Um, and, uh, that's just the way 12 scale has evolved over the last say five years. And so the curbs plus running spools essentially, uh, has made it makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, I just took it as like, look, just don't get on them and, know do better he can't do that so i saw a picture of reinhardt he had both wheels up on that thing that one coming off the straightaway and he's he has way more talent yeah dude he's got more talent than all three of us together oh i know that i know that yeah Yeah. he's i know that he is amazing he was a bit cold at first when i first met him he's very uh 
He was, I was trying to talk to him a little bit and I was like, I want to get you on the podcast. And then, yes, he was very German. That's what he was. (laughs) I mean, that like, yeah, yes, you know, and when I, and then eventually he warmed up, you know, after he kind of realized he was, he, he is definitely super talented. Um, him and Arlowski provided some great battle, him and Kemp provided some great battles for us as well throughout the week. Um, me, myself, I thought the track was cool. I thought the carving was great. I love carving. I wish we had more. Uh, I'm a big proponent of concrete carving in off-road tracks, but we're talking yeah. about off-road, right? And I yeah. think it's a... You it guys makes the track better. It's like a, a pen spring for suspension. I know so, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but- yeah, you guys got 20 millimeters of travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I think it makes for better racing. I thought it made the track look better. So you you don't want any type of carbon. But I did see you like some 3D carbing, 3D printed carbing. I like some curbing. It's more okay. about what happens when you drive over it. Right. That's okay. All, all right. Um, back in and, the day, I used to run. I used to have my own track back when I used to live in Cincinnati. And uh, at the time, Losi had these little dots that they would make. And they weren't very tall. And mm-hmm. if you use enough Velcro, they wouldn't move around. And you could just mm-hmm. Velcro them to the track. And those things were amazing. You could drive a 12 scale over them. You, when you drove a touring car over, it sounded like you hit the rumble strips on a highway, but it, they yeah. didn't do anything weird. Uh, they were great. And um, okay. obviously, you can't get them anymore because Losi doesn't make anything good anymore. But um, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't even know what the fuck they make. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> they make a dirt bike. That's all I know. Um, I, and as, I as for the facility, does me? Tater run? Tater yeah, Tater's TLR. Uh, so they do okay. They're all right. Never mind. Well, they're TLR. Them. That's TLR part of it. No, that's yeah. that's like the monster part. Yes. This is like the AMG to Mercedes kind of bullshit. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So TLR is the racing side. Losi is the licensed fun side of it. I feel like it's more like Fiat and Ferrari. There you go. <laughs> not like AMG and Mercedes Benz. Because, like, you know, let's not get carried away with what they're selling. So. Um, I thought the facility. This is my fourth time going to this facility. Robbie and his crew they do a good job. Uh, it was good to see everything marked out. Uh, I was there. Two, I was there two, three weeks prior to that for the carpet championships. Uh, I thought it was well organized. Uh, this and is my second world championships that I've been to, and it was very well organized. And I thought that the staff, everybody there, did a very good job at at the facility. Like I don't know how long Robbie's been in this game for. Very long time. Robbie, you know, when I met Robbie, he was the uh, running Superior Hobbies mm-hmm. and was the distributor for Corrali. Mm-hmm. And in the middle uh, or beginning of 2000, like the team, the car company was Corrali in on-road. And then X-Ray showed up. Um and things changed, you know, and then other people showed up and things changed. But mm-hmm. like, you know, so he he's an OG. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, another guy in his team, uh, TJ Bradley, you know, he's been at this for a long time. And so, uh, you know, there, so he has a good collection of people that have a lot of experience and um, along with some new blood, which is also needed. Because, yeah, like know, Danny Chavez, he's the guy between yeah. the Florida carpet, like, He's probably one of the main guys behind the Florida Carpet Championships. He works with Robbie. Then you have Ramos, who does the track builds. 
And um, then the other volunteers that they have working there, they have a great club racing scene. It's a great facility. It's a great track. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed all my visits there. Uh, I enjoyed racing there a few weeks ago as well in 21.5. So it's a it's an awesome place to go to and, and race. And, in 21.5. I forgot to follow up with that. I saw that you were racing. How'd you oh, I finished uh, second in the B main, I think. Nice. No, I wanted to make the A main. But the guys were fast. Yeah, I get it. I mean, and it's also, it's like, I think that you're more of, and this is just me looking in from the outside. I think you're more, you're more of a hobbyist. You don't necessarily did, you necessarily haven't done a ton of racing. I mean, oh, I used to race a lot. Yeah, but okay. Back in the day, um, but here Bermuda, I used to travel to race a lot. But we don't have a track anymore. I'm gonna get into. On, I want to race on road. Here yeah. they have GT and stuff like that. Her and yeah. fifth scale. You're right. And um, they, I think they do some ten scale sedan, but it's a, they have one tracker. We lost all of our tracks here. I, I used to race in Bermuda and all that stuff, but believe it or not, when I went to work for JQ Racing, I stopped racing altogether. Right. Because it was like, you're going to be a manager, you're going to be catering to people, and you can't race. I, I stopped, and then I just... That was the first time I raced in five years. Yeah, so see, I still, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. It was the worst decision I ever made was... Not racing no more. If I could go back and change one thing from yep. 2017, I would continue to race. Didn't, didn't JQ say he was going to stop racing? Yeah. Look how that worked out. He he's he's not he he's giving up on the dream of being a pro. Every year it would be I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make it this year. And I'm like, nope, you're slow. Just he's actually not slow. He's actually very good. He's, he's the best one-handed beer drinking driver I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. He can drive one-handed drinking a beer and beat a lot of people i don't know about the one-handed part but i refer to that as speed juice it works <laughs> he can drive well. he's yeah. got big he's got he's a tall guy so he's got big hands and he can he can wheel and he, he can drink a beer and yeah he okay. can do two things at once apparently yeah. um so i want to shout out to those guys they did a very good job uh i think if and those the crew if tim Clapperell. Clayton up there on his stand, up there on his perch. He was upset because he's like, we, we should have a camera up here on the driver's stand. We don't, don't give him too much credit. But, yeah, Tim did a great job. Um, <laughs> the RD, well, Jared, did a good job guy. keeping things going. We're the first people who put Clayton on a podcast to get him elected for president. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we pumped him up. You know, we came up with don't be hating, vote for Clayton. We were the first. We were the OGs. And now he doesn't even fucking talk to us. He's on your show all the fucking time. <laughs> You know, he's just—he's like a scab, like just traitor, just stabbed us in the back, Judas style. And you know, so don't let's not give him too much credit. <laughs> they love but, the interesting part about this event was it was also the first time which um, Eric Anderson, most people know as EA, mm-hmm. was seen as Roar president. I'm sorry, Ifmar president. Ifmar president, which was a brilliant move what they did over there in Ifmar. I applaud them for everything that they did to get that. Oh, you know, drain the swamp, get that old guard out and get the new guys in. Is that and I met him for the first time. He's good too. He's damn good. He's fast. Yeah, yeah. He, no, EA's all right. He's okay for a slow old hillbilly. He's fine. Let's not let's not get his head any bigger, okay? He's won some national championships, right? Oh, he's won a lot of shit. Okay. So, so I, I'm, he I'm used to one oval too. So that's so, that's how you know he know he knows how to cheat. Because all the <laughs> oval guys are good cheaters. Look at him. So this is how naive I am, right? Uh, my buddy, Peter, he messages me and he goes, oh, man, you're, you're over there with onward royalty. And I'm like, 
okay, yeah, I, I know Hagberg. Him and I are friends. We've talked. First time I ever met Hagberg, by the way. Um, but we've been friends for a while. Mark Reinhardt, and then I'm thinking like, well, I'm all I'm seeing um I'm seeing Orlowski before and whatnot. But then I got to meet guys like like Sam Isaacs and Donnie Leah and these guys and um other guys that were very fast in there. And 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 I was like, yeah, these guys. So at first I was like, yeah, I hang around with these big offer guys. This is not a big deal. But then I kind of was like, well, this is the same, but different. Like same emotions. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to win. These guys are good in their genre of RC. It's just probably not as, and this is no disrespect. At one point it probably was huge, but it's not as big as offer it is at the moment. Right. And, but still the same adrenaline, the same emotions, everything's exists. And I think after day two, I was like, oh, okay. I, I could, I like this. I'm not saying I didn't like it before, but I became a fan. I was like, well, this is racing. RC racing. These racing, guys are racing. serious and yeah, we're going to have fun. But just like you sort of became a, a, a fan of non-modified, you're calling it mm-hmm. spec mod. I don't know about that, but you're, you've started becoming a, a fan of non-modified racing mm-hmm. in off-road. And because, you know, honestly, you know, there's nothing I can say about the skill that, you know, Mark and Orlowski and Kemp and Donnie and Sam and, and Alex and whatever these guys they have. Yeah. Jan Jan. very impressive. All right. But I'm always impressed by him. He's good at like everything. Mm -hmm. The challenge though, is like, there's only so many of those. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I looked to 2020, I qualified, I think 12th in spec. And this year I qualified 20th in spec. And with, with less people. Yeah, less people, less people, but it was a deeper field. Yes, very deep field. And very deep field. It was it was hard. And um at least this time I got one run in where I didn't crash. In 2020, I never got a single run in where I didn't crash. Uh for whatever yeah, it was reason. Hard for the course. What's that, Mangler? I didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> is Mangler number one? Yes, I am. Yeah, he's always in number the, one. Number yeah. one in the room. No, the spec class was very exciting. I uh, I would tell you who, obviously, uh, Max Mashler, uh, Mark Styles, they impressed me. Robbie Dodge, he put on some very good uh, runs. Uh, I, he probably had some bad luck, I would think, and also, but he, I thought he was a very, res- I also want to say I was very impressed with the respect of racers at this event. You know, um, lap traffic, pulling over to let people buy. Like you rarely see that in off-road um, or even in on-road where you, I mean, and where you saw like he knew like styles and Mashler was faster instead of holding them up during qualifying. Robbie, I see like a guy like Robbie Dodge pull over and let him go by, you know, without losing too much time to go by in off-road. I don't know if it's just the way the track is. It's hard to do stuff like that, but you'll constantly see guys hold them up. Now I'm not saying that don't happen in on-road because I'm sure it does. But from what I saw, yeah. I saw a little bit more respect amongst drivers. I, and, um, I think who was it happened passed. in Q1 of uh, of spec, and then people were like, "I got to get runs in." Mm-hmm. So you know, things do happen. Yes. Yeah, but I, I agree with that. It was you know, I think the racing on the whole and the respect level was there. And I think some of that has to do with just uh, the 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 type of racing. So like an off road, you guys are flying through the air and jumping and ruts and bumps, and so the control of the car. Even though maybe the intentions now, I've seen some terrific peels by some pro dudes, like just running through other motherfuckers. But 
Um, it, it, in a whole, I think that, you know, you know, you're flying through the air, you're trying to take jumps in a certain mm -hmm. way and you got bumps and this and that. And so, and the grip necessary, you know, you're running on dirt half the time. So the grip necessarily isn't quite as high as, even though they call it high grip clay or whatever, it's still not what mm -hmm. we're running on. And so I think that we have a little bit more control uh, and not to say that we're better drivers or anything like that. We just have more control of the vehicle. So those things can, and more obvious to see. Um, I, there were some close calls though. Oh yeah. There were some points I was like, I don't know how that guy made it through there without taking out, you know, it was just amazing. Amazing skill on a lot of levels there to see people doing that. Um, uh, before we get into spec, I wanted to talk about practice because I heard you guys talking about this and there. Now I come from off road where you get very little practice compared to what you guys get. I would agree that they, and this is what I thought they should have done. Instead of having eight minute practice sessions, they should have had three, five minute practice sessions per day. It, really, well, you get, you get eight minutes. The first, the first day you had two that were four minute. And then What's two that four? were eight. And yeah. then two that were eight minute. Okay. And, you know, the, the challenge is like, unfortunately, from a battery perspective, 12 scale is the class that runs the longest. Mm -hmm. Um. And the mod guys, they can dump. Um, but even the stock guys, you know, like there was there were some people that were like lighting the track of fire the first day. And, you know, some of them figured out their motors, but not everybody did. And, you know, you still have to finish the run. Mm -hmm. And so if if you're fast up front, great. Congratulations. Just get ready to move the fuck over later. Because, you know, like that's honestly what happens though a lot mm -hmm. like you can you can be like you can have a really good 90 second car and then you don't have an eight minute car and yeah, so you know, it's challenging but like the problem with a new carpet track at the beginning of the day is just that it needs laps to run in and you know honestly on a carpet race especially a non permanent facility carpet race the best thing you can do is allow us to put laps on the track okay but would you have liked to have more sessions because oh, yeah. i said you guys wanted oh, more yeah. sessions i mean we could have we could have went another third three a minute session no problem because we oh, were going at what six o'clock yeah. at the latest six thirty and and to jump on what hefty said i think and it kind of goes back to the track the track being bigger I think we saw more, especially in the spec racing, we saw more of guys who could go out and be fast up front but weren't so fast at the back or guys that weren't so fast at front were a little bit were more fast or faster at the back and uh, of the eight minutes, that is. And I think the bigger track kind of was part of the reason why we saw that. And I think mm -hmm. that also made for great racing because there was time, there was some races that, you know, there was some early on. I was just like, they're pretty fast up front. But, you know, if you look at if you actually look. They're not really that fast out the back. So, um, you know, you take that for what it is and you kind of put a mental check mark in your head. But, yeah, I think that kind of was a bit, was one of the byproducts of, you know, the track being so big. Well, and, well I saw a lot other, of people come from behind, too. Yeah. In the racing to, yep. to, to beat people. Yep. Which I was, I was like, well, this is done. You know, this guy's got a three-second lead. He's out front. But then you if we have a minute to go. There's a guy right behind him. It was, yep. I, I, I really thought, thought that, was awesome. that was awesome. I really thought that kind of racing or, or, or the racing that we had, I, I don't think I'm hefty. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we really see that a ton in some of the smaller tracks that we've raced like snowbirds or even Cleveland. 
You only see it in mod. Yeah. You don't usually see it in spec. But we saw it in spec. Yeah. And I think that was just the by again the byproduct of the track being so big. Yeah. So it, speaking of spec, so do we have the people who's who of spec racing at this race, like all the top yeah. Americans and top yeah. Europeans? You would Everyone say. Everyone was there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I just I I was really impressed with Max and Mark Styles. They were very good. Obviously, I think Max, Mark Styles, and Robbie Dodge were the three guys that kind of stood out about above everybody else. Um, I I kind of agree with you guys on uh, the people that did make it. We had uh, EA was good, obviously. Uh, Max Cannon was impressive well. to me, huh? Now, if you talk to EA, well, yeah, I mean, he was shit. He's he like, shoot, bang, man, my car's shit, and I'm still fifth. Yeah, I heard him say that to you guys. Uh, <laughs> I would tell you who impressed me too was Max Kenning, who actually started in 10th. And I remember him saying, I don't know how good I'm gonna do in 10th, coming from the back, but he actually ended up uh getting like a four, a fourth, and um, I think he finished fourth overall. So I thought that was a great result for him from coming from 10th in the back of the pack, which which is a, a testament to how you could come from the back of the pack on this race and still yeah. at this track and still do well. But uh, definitely the battles between Mark Styles and Mashler in qualifying was very good. Then we saw in the mains, it was hit that, you know, Mashler went A1, then Styles went A2 after Mashler made some mistakes. And then A3, kind of Mashler walked away with it, but we had a good battle between Dodge and Mark Styles. By the way, Mark Styles and I got in a big argument one time on Facebook about Lewis Hamilton and stuff like that. Yeah, a couple years well, ago. You know who butters his bread, right? Yes, of course that. But I was yeah. like, let's get Lewis Hamilton to a racetrack, and I, I will let's get him to interview. And it's like I can barely get time. I didn't even know. I didn't know he worked for yeah. Mercedes at that time. But uh, it was nice to meet him. Um, he was good. Like you know, he's. I, I was highly impressed with his driving skills. I, I mean, he, he did better than his B main appearance in 2020 in mod in, in England. Yeah. So he, I yeah. think he likes spec. Go ahead. My, Oh, well, I think I think some of it too, and he even admitted this. He said the track was very European. He felt, and that mm. uh, they, you know they're used to running on those in, in the UK. They run on those curbs a lot. Uh, they're on a lot of their tracks, um, but not to say his car wasn't good. And he didn't. Yeah. He drove excellent. You know, I mean, hats off to Mark. I mean, I thought he put a tremendous performance in. Uh, the funny part is, all the all the UK guys were like, "This is high grip," and all the US guys were like, "This is the worst grip ever." Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, it, it's just like a dichotomy of what what your expectations are, mm -hmm. and then what you're getting. Well, I also talked to Mark too, and he's like, he's like the awesome, and he feels, and obviously he might be a little biased, and you know, we are probably somewhat too. But he was like, the awesome Maddox 12 scale is made for this carpet, like hands down. That's where this car excel. That it just it is hands down better on this carpet than probably everything else. And I know Arlowski won, um, you know, mod. But overall, I think that uh, I don't necessarily disagree with his opinion, but I also agree with it, too. And that, you know, look, this, the carpet in this car are a very good combination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I would say, sorry, the biggest disappointment was probably not having the, the spec champion from last year there and not racing. I've, Andy. What was his name? Andy, the Schumacher guy. He was there. He was yes. there, but he didn't and, race. Yeah, he yeah. was a mechanic. Yeah. And, and he, he I talked to him. Anymore, he said that he said that Schumacher didn't have the budget to send him, and that he came over as a mechanic, or they didn't have a budget to send a mechanic with him and whatnot. Which I was, I was that's another thing I was surprised at is that mechanics for these guys, 
right? Because I mean, I'm used to mechanics in RC in eight scale nitro racing because it's you got a pit and it's it's a lot of it's it is a lot of work, right? Not saying that 12 scale isn't, but guys have full on mechanics like the gentleman that was helping out, uh, Max, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who taught me about tweak and then I was watching Sam Isaacs with the pennies and all that type of stuff. So I was paying attention, but I think, I think Mashler was really good. I love that. He showed emotion, right? He, he came off there. He was crying. He was emotional. He was very happy. I think he enjoyed himself. He's, he was on the road for a very long time. Five weeks. He said he was on the road for, and I think he was rewarded. And I think uh, he was the fastest guy all week and should have won that. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. He put a huge investment in, like you know, <laughs> EA had a race, uh, and some of the UK guys came over. Um, like Ollie Payne came over for uh, EA's warm up race. This was at like end of August, early September. Um, he had put down new carpet at his track, which is uh, Apex Raceway in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and so like you know, a lot of people had put time and investment into this. Um, you know, and clearly like the guys, uh, within automatics and the guys in Schumacher, they spent a lot of time on this and, uh, it paid off. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. the thing you talk about mechanics, I mean, he, Hefty just talked about how, like, you know, we had nine rounds and it was flying and like we were moving through and like, you know, you, when you have that mechanic, you have an extra set of hands to catch things or do things, you know, both Mark styles and Max both had mechanics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it showed and um, uh, having and now and Sean Rayfield, I mean, dude's a national champion in the States. He could have well, he could have easily been in the top 20, maybe even the top 10 at that race himself. And yep. so uh, he is definitely no slouch. And, you know, when you get somebody like that, that really knows the eight twelve and uh, can do everything you need to do. I mean, it's a rest. I mean, I wish I had, I wish I could get Sean to work on my shit. I mean, that would be like, yes. But you know what I do much I better. Why I was sitting at the end cap where Sean was. <laughs> Keep an eye, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, "Hey, oh. can you just check this real quick?" Thanks. Oh, so you're fucking cheating? I see how it is. I'm not cheating. I was <laughs> leveraging the team. There you go. There you go. How about you guys racing? So uh, FJ, you won over Mont over uh, Mangler. Her. No, no, that didn't happen. Not in Mangler's head. Uh, if oh. if he realizes the truth, he'll quit. What are you talking about? Mangler had some good runs in his main, though. In his triple mains, he had some good runs. Yeah, I got I had shit starts, man. I kept I kept trying not to run over dudes, and I ended up getting screwed. Like no, I just need to peel people off the start. That's all you need to do. Well, I don't know what it was, but Dagger was parking in the front, and then uh Hingelfeld, I was trying not to run over Hingelfeld, and I just ended up getting screwed up every time, but whatever. Yeah. Did it, you have two cars it, like Hefty? Qualifying's more qualifying is more important. Is that something? Is that something that's super popular? Having two cars to during practice and 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 whatnot, and these and and twelve scales. Do they do it in touring car as well? Well, normally the problem is at this type of event. There's so little practice mm-hmm. that you want to put down as many cars as you can just to like understand which direction should you go in. Okay. Well, I always told you car number two was better. Or you it always was. I swear <laughs> to God, every time no, like, it wasn't. I was fake news. I totally would switch cars, and like every time car two was always faster. I'm like, this is stupid. But All right. whatever. What, who so and let's let, let's wrap up on SPAC. Who impressed you? Who kind of didn't impress you? Who was you expecting to be fast that wasn't up there in spec? So 
I would say probably everyone I, I thought would make the main made the main. Okay. All right. Who could make the main made the main, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'm not looking at the results in front of me, but like if I just think about who was in the B main, um, there was no one who I was like, how the hell were they there? All right. Okay. Um, you know, even though some of the guys struggled, like EA thought his car was terrible. Uh, another guy, Joe Trandell, thought his car was terrible. Um, they still made the mains. And, um, yeah, you know, it's kind of what I expected. Okay. Um, you know, did did I hope to do, do better myself? Sure. But, you know, the reality was I still beat this guy, and that's good enough. I mean, that's, that's goal number one, right? Yeah. Goal number one for you to beat him or him to beat you. Magma, well, you're going quiet. It's a fun competition, but you know, the, the reality is like, um, you know, we've been doing some of this stuff together for a long time now. And, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, and this is, you know, this is where the Academy Awards come in. I'm just happy that Mangler's back racing again, because there was a little bit of time where he, he, he stopped and, you know, whatever was the cause, I'm not going to say it was the beatdowns by me or, you know, whatever it was. I'm just happy he's back at it. There you go. That's good. That's good, man. Good to have you back, Mangler. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you got to take a break. I agree. I'm I'm doing after I finish recording with you guys, I'm taking a break. Yeah. For Christmas. Oh, oh yeah. No, he, uh, so we're just your we're just your content filler while you take a break over Christmas. Yeah, I he's going to put us on uh, on pause for a minute and then just, you know, play this stuff next week. Yeah. Probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. probably. No, I'm probably come up next there, week. Though, but here's a podcast for you that records three uh, weeks I think ago. I think this is, but we do it. That's what I do. I do record pre-record stuff. Yeah. Um, it's God giving me shit. I'm going to have you guys back on. I think people's going to love you guys. We're definitely going to have to have you back on. All right, let's go to mod. I just have to say, fuck me. Those cars are fast. I just can't get over how fast they are. Yeah. Very I fast. Mean, correct me if I, you think I'm wrong. But honestly, probably in the world, if you could get every 12-scale person to run mod, right, that could do it, there's probably less than 30 people who could do it at the level that those guys that were in the top five or top mm. ten at Worlds this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. There, 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 it, 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 I think it could, it's literally probably some of the hardest form of RC racing there is. Now, I'm I, I'm sure your eight scale off road buddies are going to be like, well, no, we run for a fucking hour and we jump in through airs. Like, yes, that is hard too. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think that some of this is. Uh, I remember growing up, everyone was like, "How do you get better at racing? Or how do you get better at driving? Or how do you get better at this?" And everybody inevitably, it was always go run twelve scale, go run twelve scale, dude. Go run the 12 scale. the and, the stuff I saw what these guys do was happening in like like a blink of an eye. You know, I'm like, how did he not crash? And all you know, or this stuff, like it was, it was definitely. I think somebody said this is the class where you're most in sync with your car, or the most raw feeling of being with your car. And I could agree with that. But what I what I saw, like Reinhardt and Arlowski do, and Camp, and these guys, and and all these guys in that top echelon of mod do within a blink of without even like I couldn't even have thought of that to do it they were able to do it naturally like it's it's extremely fast and to see it in person was highly impressive like i can see why orlowski's really good at carpet racing and pretty much every class that he runs because that class is very hard it's so 
you have to be so fast. Your your uh, re reactions have to be so fast. You have to not even think about it. It just has to be natural. Um, it's fucking impressive, man. Yeah. It is very impressive. And that speed at eight minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think. Now, nah, look, look. I'm sure if you gave, you know, you gave Mayfield a shit ton of tires in a 12 scale in a year, yeah, he's going to be fast. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that that won't happen. Like you give anybody the time and the energy to be, you know, any off-road racer, a scale off-roader that is in the top right now, you give them the time. Yeah. They're going to be fast at 12 scale. Eventually. Um, it's kind of like that whole 10,000 hours thing that we've all talked, we've heard about. Mm-hmm. And so, but the, the fact is that I think right now, you know, if you put, you know, people actually actively race 12 scale, it's probably 30 people that could actually do it in the world. Yeah. I could, I could, I could understand that at mod. You mean at the mod level? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to say that we had exciting qualifying. You know, it went right down to the wire. We saw Mark Reinhardt take two runs. We saw Arlovsky take two runs. Then we saw Camp. I'll never forget, in the last run, he got up to that lead. And I heard you, don't back down. And I was like, he, like, when he said that, he just went faster. Because he knew well, he had to get a time. That was planned. That was a whole. He, he actually asked Kemp, um, did he hear anything that was said? He's like, no, I didn't hear anything. He's like, he as- had to go a 43, like 801 or an 803 in order to get TQ to break it. Mm-hmm. And, but he was on a 45. So it didn't yeah. matter. He was so freaking fast. It was ridiculous. The Dude, car just so looked so hooked up. He looked so in the groove. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was as good as it could be at that moment. He was, uh, and he had zero emotions. Like, he was just like, yeah, you know, no, the car no, no. Was good. Did you catch him off the stand? So there's this great picture that Red RC has where Orlowski looks like someone pooped in his Cheerios and Mark looks like, I don't know, he, because Mark's already been there. So yeah, he's just like, you it. know, hey, what am I having for dinner? And then you just see Kemp in the background between the two of them. He's sitting there. I saw that one. Kemp Anderson. Go fuck yourself, smile. Yeah, um, he got that from his dad, I think. Okay. And um, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, dude, he was impressive, and he, I think, him doing well got a lot of people watching this coming into the finals. Like Barry Baker made that post. I think this is the first American to TQ any world's event since 1996. Stuff like that. You could see it kind of generated a lot of emotions in American on road because it, it's been quite a while for American, which we're going to touch on that in a bit. And even myself who I'm not going to lie. I love the Europeans. I love good racing, um, but I love when Europeans and the Americans race together or the Europeans. I love when everybody comes to race together. And I'm, um, uh, but I was like, man, I really want this young man to do well. Right. Mm-hmm. And we had that a one and it was like, he just fucking lit a fire and went and I was like, Oh, he's going to do it. And I mean, it was just, he just, he's just, he was flying, right? There was nobody touching him in A1. And then when he made that mistake in A2, when he, on the, on the start and he, he made, he just went wide. I was like, someone's like, oh, Arnowski hacked him. And I was like, no, he went wide and he came back in. Yep. Yeah, but we yep. was, we was blessed with an exceptional race between Mark and Arnowski, man. That was a fucking great battle between those guys. It was amazing. And like Mark and, and uh, Mikhail, they're they're very friendly with each other. 
mm-hmm. um, like they they run with each other at the event. And yes, the reality is, you know, they they race each other a lot. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, probably if one didn't win, they would want the other one to win, no matter mm-hmm. like who the manufacturer might be. And just because mutual respect, yes. But um, you know, in in general, like I, I thought. You know, there was many times where I was watching qualifying and watching the mains. Um, And just so you know, like I was marshalling in the main because there's a weird thing where EA can't watch Kemp run his race. Tell me about that. Anyway, it's like there's just like he needs like a witch doctor or something to like, you know, get rid of whatever's going on with that. I think he watches the feed or watches scoring. He doesn't even watch the track. Yeah, He won't watch the track. Yeah, it's like you cut the head off a live chicken or something. I don't know. You gotta... Yeah. So, like, if you guys, you know, in the old – anyone who has an old country, if you have something to help EA so he can actually watch his kid and the kid doesn't destroy himself then, that would be great. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was sitting there and, like, you know, having to marshal, um, you know, extra races. But, you know, it's fine, whatever. And, you know, so I, I got to see the racing as close as you can get. And there were definitely times where I was like, Mark should have passed this fool multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just didn't. You know, he was like, it's an eight-minute race. You know, so realistically, you have a long time. But there is also side of it. Like, there's times where your car comes in and then it kind of, like, fades out, whether it's the glue level or whatever it is. It's just it, – it's during the eight-minute run. It's not perfect the entire eight-minute run. It often goes through variations where you're like, what's going on? And now you're in the groove, and then like maybe you're losing. Uh, and hefty froze up. Yeah, this will buy an internet motherfucker. Like, dude, is so <laughs> cheap. I swear, this guy he has the cheapest shit around. You would think that you know a, a person who lives in Seattle, Washington, and has you know <laughs> he's back. Stream could have good internet. No, not this motherfucker. Dude, I can't blame the fact that I live across the country in Seattle. I don't know, man. What <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with it? Uh, I okay. So we're all right. We got to get back on track. I'm trying to remember where you was before you froze. So what I'm time. saying. And he froze again. Oh, it's only got to Mr. Roboto over here. Usually, it's me that freezes. So, yeah, that's fine. All right. What, what I was saying was, you know, there were times where I thought Mark could have put a pass on mm. and he just he would play the long game. And, you know, honestly, I think if he was slightly more aggressive, Orlowski would have had less TQs and probably would have had a worse result in the race. I could I could be I could understand that. I think he he let up a lot on him. I would yeah. agree with that. Um it looked like that as well. Uh, well yeah, I think that I think we go back to the mutual respect thing. And look, I don't really, I mean, obviously either of us are not them. We don't know what happened. We don't know if they had some type of agreement going into the deal that look, Hey, I'm not going to take you out. You don't take me out. If you're ahead, unless you make a mistake, I'm not going to push it. And it could be the same thing. Like, you know, there could be a thing too. Like Mark's got like, I got five WCs. Like, you know, this kid doesn't have any, like, you know, if, if, if the opening and the opening is there, I'll do it. But if not, I'm not going to like wreck this kid and ruin his WC. So I, who knows what they had worked out. I mean, that could possibly have been the case. 
Um, but I think that's what a lot of it came down to is just that, you know, hey, we have mutual respect for each other. Uh, we're not going to fuck each other. And so, you know, I mean, I'm sure people yep. would pay. No, it's internet for on at all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now your internet for us. There must be something going okay. on. So we had a great A2 and I'm all pumped up for A3, right? I'm all pumped up, you know, all pumped up. And I just. I was heartbroken for this, this, that for you, for you guys, for, for, but that car did not go. <laughs> I was at this point, I wanted America to win. I'm like, come on, America, let's go. Oh, you know? shit. And then, but hey, that back, car did not go. I'm saying, when that car did not go, I was just like, what the fuck? Like in my voice, that's just, it, I, as a race fan, I was looking forward to this awesome A3, this battle to the wire that we was going to see between these three drivers and then his car didn't go. And I was just like, fuck! If I could have said that on the stream, I would have said that. You should have. <laughs> I probably would not have gotten another job if I had said that. Come on. Oh, they yes. Us. They would have let you back. The guy from Florida <laughs> loved you. Whatever his name yeah. is. Hodge or Hogue. What's his name? What's your little buddy? Which from one? Florida? The runs to Florida thing. Not Danny, the other one. He's got the series. Oh, you mean Lance? Lance, Lance that guy, yeah. Yeah. No, he loves Lance you. would not have approved of me saying fuck on live, like on a live stream like that. Mind you. He, he, a, a person who takes your picture with your mouth open sleeping in a car as much as he does, that's love. <laughs> He's going to love that one. That's um. Love. Dude, it was so disappointing. And it was like all those cars smashed up behind him, and then Orlowski kind of went away. I thought for a minute that Hagberg might make a challenge for him, but then Orlowski's like, and we just like a, a perfect A3 battle ready for us was just gone. Mm-hmm. And the, the chat was going and saying, it should be a restart, and it should do this, and I should do that. And it's that hobby ring speedo, and this, and that, and that, and that. It's because it has, they were saying that it has that auto shut off, and you put it the brakes on. No. Yeah, because he said it, it still had power afterwards. And the thing is, when I went on to interview this young man, I'm thinking he's going to be super devastated. Maybe he, has, he's, he was very ice cold, but he was just like, yep, you know, it was out of my hands. I couldn't do nothing about it. It still had power. And I was still devastated for him. I was yeah. devastated for you because all the adrenaline, like, like you, like if that one thing I say, if I wanted to know where you where you was at any point throughout that whole weekend, all I had to do was hear you laugh because that's all I heard was you laughing the entire time. You could hear it throughout the whole stadium, but when it came on to that A final, I know the nerves were kicking in. I know, oh, I know you just won spec as uh, Automatics, you know, uh, a distributor there in USA and all that stuff. Still close to winning that, and I just was just like, wow, that was a very disappointing. Not disappointed for Olowski. Now, that's nothing to do with him. He still won it. But I thought that was just tragic. Very tragic at the end of the day. Yeah. For, well, for racing, for camp, for America, for automatics. I'd say the number one thing out of this is everyone now know who's Kemp Anderson. Is. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, and they I, do. I think it kind of goes to the testament of his character. I mean, the. One of the things that, you know, this is my little soapbox that I'm going to stand on that one thing you see is like all these guys that have uh, uh, 50% off deals and they think they're the hero of the local club race and, and, and they make these long posts after every club race on the weekend of how they want to thank all their sponsors and how they did such a great job and how I beat nobody. And yet here we are. Um, but then you have somebody who actually 
like Kemp, who like like it's the world championships and some mm-hmm. shit went wrong, and he's just like, look, it's what happened. It's my day. You know, he a lot. I don't know if you know who Barry Sanders is. Barry Sanders was a, a football player. Back. Yeah, for oh. the for the Detroit Lions, and when Barry Sanders scored a touchdown, he gave the ball and he gave it back to the referee. Because he'd been there before, he scored a mm-hmm. touchdown before. It wasn't anything new to him, right? And I, 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 maybe it's the old school in me or whatever that you know. Look, instead of the look at me, it's like, look, I've been there before. And Kim has a little bit of that in him, where it's like, look, I necessarily haven't been here before in this situation, but I'm going to handle it like I have, or mm-hmm. handle it like you know a professional, I should say. And that you know, look, it wasn't my day, uh, it wasn't my situation. Something happened that was out of my control. And I think that the, the, that's a large testament not only EA but Kemp and the whole family of his character. Absolutely, you know, what what he brings to RC racing. You Absolutely, see more of that. I think instead of like, oh look at me, I want some cl- I want some club show and bump fuck nowhere. You know, hey, like come on, man. Or better yet, I was just there. Look at my sponsor T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. Twenty one years old, very adult, very mature. Yeah. And, you know, and look, you know, people make fun of me because I don't smile in pictures and this and that. And, and, and A, it's a little bit of a joke at this point, uh, you know, that I'm just <laughs> portraying. Right. But at the same point in time, it's like. I've been there before. I've won club shows. It does. It's not that big a deal. Yes, it's fun to win. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not necessarily there to win every weekend. I'm there to just do the best I can. And, you know, I've kind of gotten to my point in my life, like. And people are like, oh, I have my whole trophy room, my trophy wall. I, you know how many trophies that I've kept my entire life of RC racing? Not Zero. many. Zero. Zero. Not even your world's, uh, your world's trophy that you just got? No. Like, in the trash. Like, I, I don't do this for trophies. The amount of trophies I've won in my lifetime between athletic events and RC racing, I could fill an entire 4,000-square-foot house with. It doesn't. That's not why I do it. I do it for the competition and to just you know be around my friends, have a good time. You know, yeah. As odd as it seems, I like hanging out with this asshole. And you know, so I I kind of get off topic now, and I'm making it about me, and I'm not. You're getting emotional. But no, I think it's. I think it's one of those things that this this sport needs. I feel. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. It's too much of the. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you, Mangler. How did you feel, Hefty, after that? You know, he's so close. Almost went back to back. This yeah, you're I, very proud of Awesome Addicts. I was, uh, you know, I, I was just disappointed for Kim. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, and, you know, who, who knows what the cause is. Uh, we did some rudimentary tests of his car. Uh, we didn't We didn't test if he had steering before he turned off his radio, that's the only thing we didn't check. I I was so when I was literally like where his car started, he was literally in front of me, and there wasn't a fucking thing that worked on that car. It it did mm. not. I mean, my eye when they the tone went off, I was staring at the car, and there wasn't a single thing that moved, twitched, glitched, nothing. Yeah, it was totally dead. Well, it it's kind of like. He won the he's even though Orlowski won the worlds, he did win the worlds and he just really won that world. Camp Henderson won the heart of many racers. Kind of like I, I kind of go back to uh last year in Spain with Ronald Falcon and Garo. You know, Ronald Falk starting in 12. 
has this epic battle for an hour, loses it like with five minutes to go. I said, you may not have won the Worlds. I know you wanted to, you won one, but you may have not have won one. Angaro won it, but you won the hearts of many. And everybody mm-hmm. knows who Kemp uh, Anderson is now. Of course, I know. Um, I just wanted to go on about who I thought was impressive. And I, maybe I'm naive, but my imp- who, who impressed me a lot in the mod class was Donnie Leah. Because Donnie Leah started out, I, I've heard you talk about him. Obviously, Donnie Leah has the NYGP up there in uh, mm-hmm. New Rochelle. I was like, this guy's fast. I'm gonna be honest, I'm like, this guy's fast. Like, but then I saw him progressively get better and have some good runs and do very well. Sam Isaac was very similar. You know, I heard always heard his name, and you talk about fast guys in America, him, Sam Isaac's very calm, collective dude. He figured it out as well and got faster as the as the week went on. Stuart Mason impressed me a lot. Kid came over from you know, he was he went he did a race, went went back to school, did some finals, came back, and that's always good to see. Did very well, and I have to agree with you. Hagberg impressed me because yes, he I was agree. very much off pace at the very beginning of that race, and I I went to I didn't want to bother him too much, but I went up and talked to him every time he had some time. He would talk to me. He was working on his cars, doing different things, and he is well. I like Hagberg because he's a true professional, right? I think he's a very true professional. Very true. And he came he came out of this with a podium at the end of the day. He gradually got better every day he went there. And mm-hmm. I, I said that's he just he ground out that third place. Yep. And of course, like Reinhardt and Olowski and those guys impressed me. Who who didn't impress me was Ali Payne. Because but he had a lot of bad luck. I think in qualifying, but he he just and he he just didn't seem to get it. And I would say Kevin Heber, who I got to know. By coming off that big win, well, mind you, was touring car. I was expecting maybe big things from him at this race, but there was a lot of there was ten fast guys in that race, and Jan Brathyski mm-hmm. impressed me because he was very. I, I think he doesn't race twelve scale too much, and no. um, he was very good. So but that's how that was. Jan does Jan things, right? Jan, that's well, what. It is. You, you, I don't. I don't care what car you put him in or what class you put him in. He's going to be fast. Like yep. that dude just is fast. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, Alex, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I watched his car all weekend. Um, I, I enjoy racing with Alex and seeing Alex race. And yes, he is, he is the consummate professional of RC, especially on the on-road side. Um, and you know, yeah, he ground out a third place win. That is the perfect example of what he did and hats off to him. You know, that's, I mean, that yeah. that's all you can do. Like he might not have been the fastest that weekend, but Again, it's kind of the same mentality that I like to have, but you're not going to outwork me, or at least I'm going to work hard at it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very impressive, and I, I re- a, lot of, a lot of respect for that. If I told you that there was a driver that finished top five and the first two A-mains, his car was literally broken by the time the eight minutes was up, would you be shocked? Yes. So Donnie Leah finished fourth. Mm-hmm. In an A1 and A2, literally, his front end was broken. Mm. The piece of carbon holding the front end together was like this. Mm-hmm. Same same piece, same corner, same whatever. I don't know how. Um, it was broke both times. And um, he still finished fourth. And, you know, so, like, one of the unfortunate things that happened was Kemp pulled his car in A2. 
it was still functioning. He wasn't doing well, but it was still functioning. He should have ran it. He might have gotten a place or two. Um, and that probably would have helped him with his points uh, at the end of the day, um, especially with having a win from from A1. But, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I agree. I agree. I was impressed. Um, I, I came out of there a fan. I like 12 scale. I want to see some touring car now. Uh, I want to see some nitro stuff as well. I, I think we might. I know you're not interested. I think we discussion. <laughs> nah, that's that's done. Nitro nitro racing, especially in the states, is dead. Now, well, they're going to have a race here in February that's sold out in not far from where I live in Arcadia, Florida, and they're going to. It's an actual international crowd. Gross camps coming. I mean, there's going to be some serious competition there. But I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, nitro racing in the States is... Well, that there. was obvious. The only American at the eight-scale worlds was Bryce Butterfield. I don't think there was anybody else there well, that Americans they just recently had in Japan. Unless the worlds are in the States, Americans don't go to worlds anyway. So, like, Well, that's, that's, that's a that's great segue. This is now, a great at segue. At least an on-road, not an off-road. Well, this right. is a segue into something that we see in off-road as well. Um, oh, shit. I just opened the door. Yeah, well, this is what I want to talk to you because... So we look at the European racers, you know, Reinhardt, Arlowski, and all these guys. Um, and the American racers, I assume that the American racers that were in this A main, like Sam Isaacs, Donnie, uh, Donnie Lee, they have real jobs. So they do this on the, yep. they do this on the side. Um, how many of these guys go over to, were over in Europe last time it was over there? Well, how many well, of these guys were over there in Europe? Donnie was there and Sam was okay. there. Um, and then if you think about the rest of the other folks who went from the States, uh, Andrew Knapp, he was in the spec a main in 2020. He was in the B main with me this year. Um, Ryan Wynn was in the, he didn't show up this year, but he made the main last time. Um, Jeff Dager in spec made the main last time he was in the C main this time. Um, uh, Steve Radicke was in the B main. He qualified 11th. Uh, he was in the B main with me again this time. Um, C with me. Oh, maybe he was in the C main. Okay. He was in the C main this time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the attendance is kind of different. And like, there's a few folks who were racing more actively in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, uh, Troy Gubbins and Chris Hillier, they didn't go to the event this year. Um, so, you know, there, there's a variety of folks who did and didn't, uh, and, you know, there's folks who were at the back of the field, um, who went to both years, you know, it's like, it, it depends on, you know, whatever your, your time commitments and your sort of, right. Right. Like, because these guys have real jobs. So is there any professional American racers who race for a living in the honorary community in in the electric honorary community? Uh, I think the closest person is maybe Kevin Hebert, but he has his own like hobby shop store. Right. So I I think we're seeing, but how many times do American race? It seems like the Europeans come over to America. Same. It's the same in off-road. It's my biggest gripe. The the Americans don't go over to Europe. The Europeans always come because I want to see the best of both worlds racing. Right. Now in off-road, mind you, we have way more, and we have way more professional guys that do this for a living than you do on the American side, as well as on the offered and uh, the European side. Uh, do you think that 
um, the European racing is just at a higher level than what you guys have going in the States because of, it may be a little bit more popular, a little bit more professional to an extent with people being professional racers and whatnot. Do you think that we can, that if more Americans kind of went over there to race with or maybe in a, uh, what's that? What's Reinhardt's ETS? ETS. ETS and stuff like that. Uh, it would help benefit them a little bit more. I understand that they have real jobs and they have, um, they have, vacation and all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's hard to say, like, you know, I would say in Europe, people have more vacation time mm-hmm. in America. People have much less vacation. time. Yes. So, except me. Well, <laughs> except for maybe the two of us, but you know, right. the is, um, you know, it, it's still like a, a big commitment and you got to be pretty darn serious to, to bother doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't know, like in 2020, that was my first, international race um and i haven't been back since you know we we did have a like a worldwide pandemic since then but um you know i I, i'm going to do my best to attend uh whatever the next world is uh for 12 how about good okay so how about this for example how about camp's got what one more year it's finished up in school next year i think how about now he's just deciding whether or not he's going to go to grad school or go find a job Okay, so how about him going over there more often to race against these guys? I think that would be a very beneficial for him. I so think they did this past summer. They okay. ran asphalt touring car. Him mm. and his dad did. And the funny part is um, EA, although his famous line is asphalt's for driving to a carpet track, not racing on. Um, <laughs> he's won a few Reedy races in spec. So mm-hmm. like you know, don't, don't let his Southern charm kind of try to fool you. Um, but literally that was probably Kemp's first ever asphalt race. Uh, and he went to the ETS. So they went to um, the one in Amsterdam. Um, yeah. And they, they cruised around a few different tracks. And, you know, the funny thing is like, they're telling me about what's happening at these tracks. And so they're, they're at a beautiful track. And the reality is they don't even use a leaf blower or broom to get the rocks off the track. It seems crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Like there's things that you would expect people to do. Uh, and if I went over there, I'd be like, what are you doing? I would just show up early. I would clean the track myself. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think with, so here's what, there's where my brain's going, right? Obviously I want to see RC grow. I want to see the onward side grow. Do you think that, somebody, a young racer like Kemp, and maybe there's a few other racers coming up, maybe that kid, Mason, do you think these guys can spark that interest to to start to grow onward back to uh, a more, somewhat, not probably not to where it was back in the, back, back in the day, but make it more popular than it is, than it currently is now? I'm not saying it isn't popular. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any one individual that will okay. save it. Like, I think it's all about having tracks mm-hmm. and having them get into the um, the attention of the public. That's mm-hmm. probably the most important thing. So there's no have one of- Jesus of, of uh, on-road, although my name might say hefty Jesus. There's no one Jesus that's going to save it. Well, I think there hasn't really been a full-time American onward racer that people can get behind for a long time either, like it was say, back in the day. How would you say Paul was probably the last one? Paul Lemieux? Yeah, probably Paul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, had an article in Sports Illustrated. Really? I mean, yeah. 
you guys know this? So no. there was an article that Sports Illustrated had had the ten or the twenty most po- uh, the most unique jobs in sports, and there was an article written about Paul Mew that he was featured in Sports Illustrated, and um, you know, you know, did it really do any of the hobby? Probably not, but you know, it's it's it was cool. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. The thing that Clay- was a different thing back then, though. On runs at a different period back then. Yeah, but I think the thing that Clayton will, the thing Clayton will harp on is like we need to find a way to make it a product that someone would want to watch on TV. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. We know Lefty. You guys. I don't know if Mangler knows this, but you guys had that RCGP thing, and you you tried a whole different format and everything else, and um, you know, kind of like bringing bringing it sort of into a motocross sort of feel. Well, the sh- the show was the race was based around the show. Yeah, does that make sense? The race yeah. was based around the production. Yeah, and like the thing I I remember telling you on the first day or so, I was trying to I was on I was on the shitter uh, in the morning watching the prior round of whatever it was from the last evening, and I was like I couldn't even see what the cars were. Now, was you watching the overhead camera? I was watching whatever was on the stream, bro. I don't know. So if you're doing that in the morning, we so we didn't. I I, fig- I thought about that. I thought about that. So that was um, in the mornings we didn't do the. No, I was watching evening. I was watching okay. evening, and I I feel like after I said something, things changed a bit. Like they got zoomed in a little tighter. But you know the problem is the cameras are far away. These are by mm-hmm. far the smallest cars possible, and. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard to see them because they move so damn fast. And to me, like there's been a lot of advancement where people try to have their, like their faces next to the names and whatever else. The problem is the guy's face isn't the thing running around the track mm-hmm. it's the car that's running around the track. That's, that's a conundrum that we've been trying to figure out as well and offer it. How do you it's know so- whose car is who? Yeah. You need to have the car. Mm-hmm. show up not the person's dumb looking face when they pop up that box on the video and it's not their fancy race paint it's the real hood rat paint that they happen to be running at that minute because it's faster than their fancy race paint i think they should make a rule where you have to have your race paint that's stupid yeah that's not gonna but, that, but that is part of bringing it to the show right if no, you're gonna have five that, white cars no. there if you're gonna have five white cars there, how are you gonna know which one? You can't see the numbers. Oh, it's you not see show. the numbers. But if you if see, this is the thinking that you have to. So here's here's my my rebuttal to the RCGP thing. So RCGP had a media day. Mm-hmm. These companies paid to be a part of that. The media day was the day you go out there, you you go on the track, we get footage of your car, you come, we take good pictures, all that type of stuff. Yep. Companies would not come. Yep. They did not come. So what they did the second year that they did it, they said, well, media day is also a practice day. Mm-hmm. So then you got some extra practice. But we have to think bigger. Just like you guys say, okay, yes, the race paint is heavier. But the race paint is what's going to distinguish that car out there so people can know. I think my my yellow school bus. Banana peel. We go banana. Very, no, no, it's not a banana. It's a yellow school bus. It's a short <laughs> bus. It's very well known. Yeah, but there's other yellow cars out there. They they should have to copyright it for me. 
If you want to be look these so these bodies, I'm gonna show it up. See, look at that. Yep. That looks cool, right? The one thing I like about these bodies, these owner bodies, is that you can see the whole paint job. If this paint yeah. job was on a boggy body, it would not look as great. Yeah. So yeah. I know this is Alex's buggy. I knew that um, Kemp's body was that beautiful turquoise and all that type of stuff. Obviously, I knew the other bodies as the day went by. But if if let's say we did do this, it would be great. Carpet, we can carpet is the future. So carpet offer, carpet owner. We can do this in front of crowd. We can do it in a mall. We can do it in front of people. But then there's that that mentality about this is too heavy, has to take a back seat to we need to put on a show. So it 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 comes from both sides. Yeah, but you're not gonna get racers to put on a show. They want to race. That's where things have to change. That's I where it, that's it, where just like you guys dropped that big F bomb on the live. That was exciting, right? Well, multiple f bombs on the walkabout live. That's exciting. We yeah, couldn't we even know anything about that. No, but that's where we need to build some character to these drivers and build some uh, some personality to people because in, in the off road world, everything's dialed. My car is dialed. This is that. Well, you finished thirteenth. It can't be dialed. Yeah, or, you know that guy railroad and took you out, but he it's okay. It's starting to change. Let these that's why motorsports, sports, all that type of stuff has a following because people get invested in the people. Yeah. Like the the Formula One. Formula One's popular in America now. Why? Because of drive that yeah. Netflix says, yeah. because you put people behind the the thing. You know, I get that. But the thing is, is and I think a lot of times when I see this, when you guys put a camera in somebody's face, they're just like oh, they gotta yeah. learn. If but, we did that, for, for instance, us people were very shy of us that first day. First couple of days we was going. People, nobody wanted to come up and get their pictures taken at at this race, right? Yes, you got yours done with your dog. With your dog, obviously, this guy over here definitely didn't want to get his picture taken. Yeah. And but you know what happened later on in the week? People's like, "Oh, well, I didn't get my picture. Can I get my picture taken?" Mm-hmm. It's a small thing, but it wasn't. Uh, and then even when I was walking around, people were a little bit nervous. Like, who's this fat asshole walking around for microphone, just talking to people, like? You know, a few people in that genre knew who I was, but not everybody, right? Uh, but by the end of the week, people were used to, you know, people were used to it. Like, oh, we're going to go over and get our interviews. We're going to come over and do this. And that, that is kind of how it started. It's starting now in the offer genre. People know when we're at a race and we're doing coverage, you get your headshots, you come over, you get your interviews, you know that you're going to have, um, you know, people talking about you on the live stream, stuff like that. Everybody gets the same amount of coverage from start to finish. <laughs> So yeah. I, it's, I think we should offset it, though, by having the, the actual bodies or the car from the event. And but I, I don't think you you have cameras and you know which cars, which you should be able to take the feed video. And capture the live camera and be like, that's this car, that's that car. It shouldn't be that mean? So, like, you have cameras. They're going around mm-hmm. the track, right? Mm-hmm. So we should be able to tell that this one is car one and that one's car two. Dude, you know, I could not see a freaking number on those cars from, from that camera. But so maybe maybe something has to change. But, like, have you ever watched hockey when they tried to make hockey where they'd highlight the puck? Yeah, you can never follow that thing. It's a similar problem because the things mm-hmm. are so small in the field of vision. Maybe mm-hmm. it would be a – maybe this is just me thinking out of turn. So, like, um, 
you know, it might delay the program 30 seconds, which I think we can handle. But you have a motion cam, you have a stop camera at the at like the start finish line. We so did when, that. We did that. Expected. We did that. After you, so I know what you mean. So after, after I told the guys, let's try and get closer, and then we got that second camera going, and he was right, right there, kind of where he could, um, especially during qualifying. I think the second day of qualifying, so you can see where everybody started. We was able to see numbers, and know, mm-hmm. and we kind of focused on that. Okay, this is this person. This person, they, they laughed and that laughed and that laughed. That helped. So I would agree with you there, Mangler. I would agree yeah. with you there. So like, you know, you would have, hey, you have to check in for your camera photo. And then you would just sit there and you would capture mm-hmm. them really quick. Yeah. Um, that's just something that. It all takes, it takes brainstorming, right? It oh, takes probably. brainstorming if you're trying to figure out a better way to do things. Yeah. Right. All the time. And you, no, you might I, need I some. Go ahead. You might need more handsome, opinionated commentators. You know, we're ready. Yeah, I mean, I, man, I, if you guys would have, I should have, I wanted to bring you up there, but after that F bomb, I was like, we're in trouble. No, Bob, you was busy. It's the internet. It is the internet, but this, you know, I the mean, first thing, internet. You know, the first Wait. people, you know, the first thing. But what about the children watching? You just dropped the F bomb. Children, who? No, that was. Look, there was one. That, probably call them more worse shit. You know, it's like it's like that woman in you in uh, Utah, right? She was like a social media whatever talking about how to raise her kids. She beat the fuck out of them. Like, you know, look, they might say, "Oh, the children, the children, the children," and back home, uh, Junior's getting an ass whooping. Like, you know, <laughs> come on, don't don't tell me I, that uh, f word is going. I agree with you. Out. I agree with you. But there's people out there that will there that will say, "Oh, well, this is still f- we want to get kids involved, but you're dropping f bombs on the on on there." This Dude, is why this you know, podcast, you know your podcast is not for loves? children. You know what every 12-year-old boy loves? Insane clown posse. And they say the fuck word every four minutes because and every <laughs> two seconds. And they're like, oh, yeah, they say the fuck word. Like, well, that's, why. I, that's why. I they, that's why pe- that, that band has a following because 12-year-old boys like to hear the F word. <laughs> there you go. Look at Hefty put his thumbs up. I mean, it's, it's, it's the truth. You know, because I think. Go ahead. I, I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that. Trust me. I've almost let a curse word go while I'm commentating myself. Yeah. And I'll have to catch myself. And in the grand scheme of things, if you're trying to sell this to wherever, but like, like, not even that. No, I'm going to take that back. Because if you look at some of the highest rated cable TV shows like Street Outlaws and whatever, those dudes are cussing all the time. They got bleeped out, though. They're not live. but, but, But it's like, bitch and, and they're they're just going at it and like you know it's it's way racier than a couple f bombs here and there and then yes i understand it's pre-recorded and they have time to beep it and all that but you know i can't control know, what comes out of another driver's mouth they're welcome to say all the cross words they want well, you, can you guys did second delay and you can have a dude sitting there on the button just put pads on the button man just be like beep 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 yeah but you need another guy on the button that's uh, the problem Manpower, that's the problem. Manpower yeah, if, is the problem. If you just give me a few words that I can say and you find a way to bleep them out, I'll come up with new words. <laughs> I, hey, you know what? I thought the funniest thing ever was the F-bombs you guys dropped. I thought it was epic. Well, yeah, I don't well, go back and watch that part. You sh- Can you clip that and just like post Send it? it to us because I, I want to show my girlfriend too. So I'll, like, get Danny to, I'll get Danny to clip it. I mean, we're fucking funny, dude. I don't know. Well, like, You, if you're you are definitely funny. Yet. We are you funny, are definitely right? hilarious. I think yeah. I think I'm people are gonna love this podcast. Faster, but yes, we're funny. What surprised me, Hefty, was you 
because you're very, I, I, you are in your element and you are, you are a heckler at the most. You are funny. No, I'm very I heard nice. that laugh. The, I heard that laugh from morning to the end of the day. <laughs> I got, I got, I just like have this having a blast. Yeah. You just be, it'd be all quiet and all you hear is you laughing. Here, here's the thing. When you don't hear that laugh anymore, it's a problem. I won't be there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's what it's about at having fun at the end of the day. Always pooping. Well, guy. Well, this was a this was I enjoyed this. I haven't well, had a, I enjoyed it too. I did too. About time you had the better half on. I mean, you had this dipshit on for I don't know how many times. And it's like, look, the guy, the talent, the real star is here, and you're like, now nah. finally. I'm glad I'm glad we had you on, Mangler. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you are welcome back anytime you want. Hey, just just call me up, kid. I'm yeah. here. You, you know what? Probably after Snowbirds, because I don't think I'm going to be there. And um, after yeah, you guys, well, do, hey, I would love to be there. Back on, we'll cover the birds. There you go. Yeah. And um, you know what? Go over to Track Rats. Track them out. They are not. They are just bare bones. You guys don't care about what it looks like. Nothing. As long as it sounds good and it goes, and you guys can talk shit. It's like awesome. I think he just told us our podcast sucked, but go watch. No, it. it's not. Said, it looks like shit. They sound like shit, but go watch them. No, I watch said the fat guys on TV. Oh, they're funny. Right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You no, know what? I might, not, I might not wait a week to put this podcast on. This is too epic. Too much banter yeah. going on. I'm gonna have yeah. to set, post this thing. And, and Lefty, like you know, I, I think we can we can easily get more people out. You know, from the on-road genre, I would like that. And you know, there's no reason you don't have Kemp Anderson on. He should be on. I would love that. I have. I, I have somebody asked me about that him about like touring car setup things right now, as we're doing this. Well, I would. I think if I want to have him on, but I would do it with one of you guys because you know him and he'll open up a little bit more. But I would love to have more on-road people. On-road, on-road people on her. Yeah, um, I think you should have the Andersons on. It'll probably be your best podcast ever. Well, I need to get EA oh, one anyway well, to talk about oh, if more. Well, Ours is going to be the best, asshole. <laughs> Duh. Come on. Hold on. What are you doing? Okay. Mangler. Bitch. Let's go. It's all right. You don't have to always win. All right, Mangler. It's fine. It's just Mangler. like the restaurant. You don't this have to hilarious. I'm a winner. I, I can't help. Well, you didn't win against Hefty uh, at the 2023 If More World Championship. Did I? Did I? Did I not win? I think I won. See, he's delusional. It's fine though. So it's all right. Oh my gosh, this was epic. I enjoyed this. I really did. No, I had a fun I time. I really, so, I really so like lefty. what you're doing. Hold on, what? The lefty, the real question is: mm-hmm. When are you going to come run on road? I would. So, is there a class slower than thirteen five? Hell yeah! Oh yeah. What's yeah. that? GT twelve. That's what yeah. I need to race. Or that, or VTA. VTA. Like in, in VTA. Peeling people is applauded. That's is that the one with like the real looking type of bodies? Yeah, the old school looking cars. Yeah, that's what I right. want to race. Yeah, yeah, that's how he. So, short story, but he won his snowbirds race in VTA, the only time he's ever won snowbirds, and he literally took this kid and just peeled him, like sent him off the track flying for the reverse win. peeled him on the straightaway. Like it was like you know what poor kid never saw it coming. He just took him out. And like the kid was like 14. You, and he feels like, no shame ah, about it whatsoever. He's just smiling. Not whatsoever. 
Yeah. The most savage I, thing ever. You know, and that was 10 years ago. I almost think I need to come back and run VTA at this year's Snowbirds. What does VTA run turn wise? 25.5. Ooh, okay. I think I need to come to the Snowbirds some way, somehow. Yeah. Be the first comedian to do it. And the reality is you you can cover two entire like race events. Yeah, because the same oval Right, you know, the oval stuff is crazy. Never seen that. Yeah. So that would be interesting too. Yeah, Are you racing good. oval mangler? No, I've kind of retired. Um, I have retired. I haven't like unless somebody shows up and says, Here, here's a car, here's the radio, all you have to do is drive it. I might do it. And even then, I've already had an offer for this year to just show up and drive. And I said no. So um it's just it's just too hard to do both because you're up on weird hours and trying to get sleep and that it's just it's just difficult. So what um, classes were you guys run at Snowbarts in? What classes ahead. will you both run? Well, I'm going to run 12 scale, 13.5 and 17.5. I may put a GT 12 scale together and run that as well. And the reason why No, no, I don't run touring car on carpet. I only run touring car on asphalt. Okay. So like in two and two, three weeks, we have the state series in Florida and I'll run touring car, like mod touring there. And the Sarah, F Sarah series. Yeah. Yeah. That's been going on for 30. So I met Dave Vera too. Nice guy. Yeah, 40 years. Yeah. yeah 40 long time. Years. Yeah. yeah. But so, I do. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm done. And you do have to, you run into one car or just 12 scale. I think I'm going to run uh mod touring, super stock and stock touring. Uh, I might bring a 12 scale. Um, I'll okay. probably have to borrow someone's tire drawer. I don't think I'm bringing a tire drawer. Okay. Well, you know what I want to do? When I get back from my trip here in January, because I'm going to three races, I would love to get like Camp Anderson. And I would love to have, if I can dedicate a podcast a month to on road, that would be awesome. Because yeah, we, we could get you all the all the, the hot on road guys. There you but go. we don't even do it for our own show because we're fucking stupid. Yeah. But yeah, you could, yeah, you, we could do it for you. Yeah, be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. You guys have a good Christmas. And, yeah, um, Christmas. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I had a blast talking to you guys. And I'm pretty sure that everybody's going to want you back on. And yeah, um, I mean, I th- you know what I want? I want to say thank you to your genre of RC for letting me come over. Um, you know, give show me a good time. Show me all about what she's doing. And, um, you know, I'm just some offered guy who came over there. And I really came out of the 12 scale worlds a fan enjoying that genre of RC and I got I was happy to meet new people and I out of all I, I loved all my races that I went to but I was very excited to go to the 12 scale worlds and see something completely different so thank you very much to everybody that welcomed me in oh no hey no problem and I, I, I want to say thank you for what you do um I, I've watched your podcast a little bit um uh, means he, he watched show. five minutes of one podcast no no actually I well to be honest I watched I watched his that he was in to see if he actually talked about me. And he did a little bit. Because <laughs> um, that's what's important. Like, again, you got to talk about the star of the show. Right, um, right. Anyway, but yeah, no, I really appreciate what you do. Um, I, I enjoy your show. I think you do a great job. I mean, and, and again, like, I would love to come on again. Because, like, at the end of the day, you love RC racing. And mm-hmm. I love RC racing. And he loves RC racing. And mm-hmm. to just sit here around and talk around bullshit RC racing. I mean, that's fun, you know, because 
it's what we like to do and it's what you know our hobbies and jobs and everything kind of revolves around right so absolutely so, so mangler you know what maybe let's let's pitch one of the sponsors maybe if you got on board with the invisible speed race program which alex hagberg and uh, bruno Coelho and others are part of maybe they'll help you gain invisible speed make your speed visible uh, yeah that's no. that's the tagline so my my problem is is that uh i have not adapted from the oval racing philosophy and uh yeah so what what is the oval racing philosophy could you just describe that please you drive you drive the car in as hard as you can without lifting as much as possible and uh let it make it stick and have it come back out the other side. You are an eight scale nitro racer. You just don't know it. Oh, you no. Know I've, actually, I've raced eight scale nitro. No, and, no. Yeah, nitro off road. Oh, no. Screw all that. We could yeah. give you like a Mugen with some pillow balls and you could just do that all day. It would be great. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, exactly. my goodness. Uh, no, I do. But no, I, I tried. My eight scale off road experience lasted all of. Tank and a half. Well, yeah, and I'm like, this is dumb. I spent 14 hours building a car, mounting 17 sets of tires, breaking in an engine, and I ran for a tank and a half. And I'm like, this is stupid. Did you sell it? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember what type of car it was? It was a Mugen something. (laughs) How many years ago was it? I think it was a seven. What are they on now? Uh, yeah, seven. They had a seven R and a seven something. Uh, seven. Seven. And maybe it was a five. Uh, what? Ooh, that was a long. That was like two thousand and five. It was so. It was like two thousand nine. It was about maybe it was a six. I don't. Yeah, know. I think it was a six. So. Like I really don't care. But it, it's, it's like a nine it, upside down. It's a six. I know. I spent more time mounting tires than I did actually building the car, and I was just like, "This is just dumb." But it, I mean, it, well, look, that's why they should have spec tires. I mean, the, the thing is, too, is, people are like, they look at Tulsa and they're like, oh, those guys are just true tires down all day. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Look, each of our respective divisions of RC have dumb shit that we do. I'm not ignorant to that. Um, uh, but yeah, the tire game in off road is just, to me. These you guys have spec tires. You have, do you have spec tires at all races or just? Uh... In some classes. So, like, yeah. touring car is all spec tire for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then um, the slower 12 scale classes are spec tire and usually super stock and mod is open tire. Well, we all run the same tires anyway, so it doesn't really matter. What no, no, no. You, if you run the same car, you run the same tire. Oh. Mm. And you know better than anyone else, Mangler, not everyone's tire that they say is this and they say is that is the same thing. Yeah. So people try to run the same thing, but they don't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Anyway, but yeah, thank you again for having us. Thank you for coming on. We had fun. Yeah, I did too. I had a lot of fun. Mangler, I didn't know you were the master of all things. Well, Max is professor of everything, and Mangler is master of all things. Yeah, we should get those two on the same podcast. Oh, I would probably go sleep. Who's this, Max? He would be. He's my my co-host. He is. You're the co-host. I have. He's never watched the show, Lefty. Never. <laughs> Max, either you love him or hate him, but when he gets to the science man, I just blank out like this. Yeah. It's and like look at my phone. internet. He just was like <laughs> he starts getting in science mode, and I just I just science. Uh, people, yeah, What's he science is. 
where he goes into deep setup thought and starts answering his own questions in his brain nah. verbally. Now people, we have people that ask questions, but a lot of people like it. Yeah, I have to, I have to have a safe word for him, which is watermelon seeds, and I'm like, all right, watermelon seeds. That yeah, means wrap it up. If you're going on, yes, because he goes on. He just, uh, he just goes on. You have to have a safe word. That's funny. So, like, on road, our safe word is bacon. Bacon. <laughs> Never used it. Bacon. I'm like, where? <laughs> <laughs> so does is he like fast? He, he was a good driver. He he used to be when he was younger, but now he's he's not old. Wheel. He's in he's university. Still- but he's been, you got know, Max. So Max was recruited by JQ when he was like eight years old. And so he's learned everything. He was very good when he was 16, 17, 18. Imagine he has been if running. He had a real car. Huh? Nothing. That's okay. Oh. <laughs> so Max was good. not good. I thought it was good. Get the JQ car. He just has, he doesn't race as much anymore. He just races yeah. in Finland. He won DNC, intermediate oh, so class. He's from Finland. Yeah, he's from, he, I'm from in Finland. In Finland, we have reindeers and walruses in Wales. That's what I tease them all about. Yeah, they do. That's all they got up there. Yeah. I don't know I why I watch Frozen. <laughs> he says, I watch Big narwhal come out of there or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, guys. This has been fun. I got to yes, go. I got to go, too. This Mangler? short show is an hour and 56 minutes in. But, it's uh, never a short show in the name RC podcast. Cool, Jerry. So you guys have a good you, holidays. I'm Thank out. You too, sir. Thank you, everybody. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that stuff. I hope I hope somebody gets you something you want this uh, Christmas. Okay. Yes. Or whatever it is Absolutely. this holiday season. Absolutely. And you guys, I will see you hopefully at the next one. All yeah. Right. Take all care. Right. Bye. 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 Techno RC. Techno RC is a championship-winning manufacturer of high-performance A-scale, TED-scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe-based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race-proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. All right, everybody. Thank you, Hefty. Thank you, Mangler, for your time. I greatly appreciate it. It was a great chat. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Like I said, those guys are not PC and definitely not PG. So, hey, you know, just enjoy it. It's just three dudes sitting off talking about our three RC nerds talking about RC racing on the on-road side of things, which is different. And I'm going to be doing some more on-road stuff uh, in 2024 as well. I'm going to try, like I said, I'm going to try to do one a month, get some of the on-road genre in here and talking to them because I am a fan now. With that said, uh, that is the podcast for this week. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you guys aren't enjoying the coverage of SIC where we're at as well. Uh, as if if I made it there, because anything can happen between now and then. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for the support, the continued support. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. This is 2024. Uh, we're, we're planning on doing more traveling, more big things as well this year as well, podcast-wise. So, you know, I know the travel kind of, interrupts the podcast maybe we're not going to be doing one every week when i'm traveling it's gonna be hard i'm gonna try and do some when i am on the road but it is very difficult space-wise and i like being in my studio doing these type of things just makes things a lot comfortable but we're still going to try to bring the content that you guys deserve 
Remember, as I travel, everything gets better. I get to go to these races, be a part of them, see what's going on, learn what's going on, and then come back home and talk about it. So that's the plus side of the travel side of things. So remember that. But with that said, I want to say thank you to all the NNRC squad around the world. We cannot do this without you guys. Thank you for all the support and the NNRC that uh, continues to grow. Thank you to all of the patrons and YouTube members of the No Name RC podcast for all your support financially. If you wish to support the podcast financially, get early release, special episodes and whatnot, more stuff, more content that I have planned this year for the patrons and YouTube members. You can. The links for that in the written description of this podcast. Also, big thanks to all of our companies. If you're a company, you like what we're doing, you want to be a part of what we're doing here at the NNRC, shoot me an email. Uh, and uh, be, become a part of it because we also need companies to help us out. Remember, this is uncensored. This is, you know, this is this is the real deal Holyfield at the end of the day with the NNRC. So they are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Corsa Tech USA side, Winder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, Racecraft USA. Shout out to the Florida RC Championships, the Elite RC Productions crew. Shout out to SJ Racing. If you guys want to get some cars built, check him out as well. House of RC, RCGP. Shout out to our drivers, David Runnefog, Jared Tebow, Robert Badier, Alexander Hagberg. Well, Maddie G. Maddie G, congratulations working for Hobby Wing as well. And we got we to gotta work. We got to find another driver because Tebow isn't racing no more. So we got to find a, an American driver to take his place. That's, you know what? Who do you guys think should be our 1-8 scale American driver? Let's be realistic. We know Ryan Mayfield isn't going to do it. Well, no, no, guys. We, we, let's pick somebody that we know that will do it. I like Jonah Wilson. I think I'm going to make him an honorary uh, 1-8 scale NNRC driver. We'll see. I'll talk to him, see if what he thinks about that. But, you know, it's not really nothing. You just sign a contract for 1 million unicorn dollars and, you know, don't, you know, be careful how you spend that. But if you guys wish to support the podcast a little bit further, you can find links for all of these companies in the written description of this podcast. Yes, right down below there, there's a written description. You can find it all in there uh, on the audio as well as a YouTube podcast. If you are listening to this on audio, come on, skip over to the YouTube side of things. Give us a sub. Give us a notification button. Hit that notification button. Hit up a like. Leave some comments. Share this. Help us get out. We are very close to 5K subs. I want to get there soon. Well, almost at 4,700. So 300 more to go. Actually, we might be over 4,700. I have to go check. But uh, anyway, let's help us get to 5,000. You know, we want to grow RC. We're we, I think we're an integral part of growing RC. Help us get to 5K. It's easy. It's just a click, a click, and a click. And uh, remember, we also have affiliate links, coupon codes, and everything else in the written description for these companies as well to save you a little money. Also, we got a little slice of that. That helps us out a lot. Thank you guys for all the support. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. With that said, Lefty is out. Nitro is the glory. E-buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. And I am going to find the outro so fast today. Lefty out.